Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid, live from the kitchen at my dad's house. With me, I know, a new location. <laughs> You've been moved to the kitchen. <laughs> I've been moved. To, so here's basically what happened is everybody has left the house. I'm here all alone now. Okay. So, so I can migrate anywhere I want in, uh, in, in the home. Uh, with me is a 99 World Cup winner, Saskia Weber. Uh, Instagram sensation, you know him as Pro GK Academy, Omar Zini, and also green screen sensation. We've uh, we've we've recently uh, come to know. And joining us is not one, not two, but three NC Courage goalkeepers. We have Stephanie LeBay, Caitlin Rowland, and Samantha Leshnack all joining us all at the same time, basically because they were all bullied by their goalkeeper coach to all come on the show. <laughs> This is, uh, is going to be fun, guys. I think it's the first time uh, over a Zoom we've had Omar Wright, there are three, three other goalkeepers on at the same time. Yeah, yeah it's the first for us. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, obviously, I guess we're not goalkeepers, but yeah. Well, you know what? I, you know, you know, <laughs> I mean, you just walk into things, Mike. I know. <laughs> I do. I knew. Yeah, you're clearly a goalkeeper. Omar, Omar is a goalkeeper in regards to the, uh, the YouTube uh, videos, and uh, people have said I've played before. So uh, we all have a, a little bit of experience. You're past goalkeeper, Sask. You're like you're like Hall of Fame. Like you're like at that that next level of like. Uh, Just say I'm old. It's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, com I'm comfortable with it. As a matter of fact, I'm getting very old because I have a huge birthday. Oh, when's your birthday? Thirteenth. The third. Oh, the thirteenth of this month. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Oh god. Oh, my oh, god. Happy early birthday. I know. Thanks. Guess the number. <laughs> Is that, a game? Is, that, is that a game we're going to play on win. this show? No matter no. what I do, I can't win. Well, if you did the math really quick in your head, you guys can probably figure it out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is, uh, this is a great way to start <laughs> the show. Oh, did you just – what? Oh, no way. Seriously? No. Thanks for two good genes, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez Louise, man. That, I, I never, I never would have guessed. I never would have guessed. Well, and I told you that the other day. I – Used to play when we could pick up balls from that passes, so you gotta figure it out by that. Yeah, but I mean, I, th I, th I thought you meant like you know, like as a check, like a like a little kid, you could have picked up the ball and the back passes, Thanks, you know. Mike. All right, Sorry. All I picked up a back pass the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like three days ago. <laughs> Wait, hold on, Steph. You have to tell us this story. What happened? What happened? It was just that awkward moment where your defender's like facing you, and you know you want them to pass it to you. You maybe should come get it. A little miscommunication. Last second, she toe pokes it to you, but you're already on your way down. It was a lot of bang, bada a boom, balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, next thing you know, there's a free kick in the box. <laughs> The awkward, the awkward free kick in the box. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I really wish that that was. I for a second I really thought like Steph was like, oh yeah, well, actually we're experimenting this year in NWSL with like the pass back and like being able to catch the ball in certain situations. And it's actually uh, a new rule now. Yeah. <laughs> what if like we started that trend like on this show right now? Like people were just like, oh, they're like, dude, I heard it on like this goalkeeping podcast. Like I'm pretty sure they're bringing it back. So now yeah. all kids just start doing it. I'm pretty sure it's legit. <laughs> Omar's already got like a breakdown video for it, like on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> doing, uh, doing those. Um, well, guys, uh, first up, before we get the start, the start of the show, um, I just want to uh, thank all the insiders out there, all the young insiders out there. Last week, um, you know, obviously there was a, a strong movement going on uh, around the world uh, regarding unity and equality uh, and, and everything that's important to us. 
uh, as human beings. And I just really want to give out all the young goalkeepers out there uh, who've been making a difference. Because um, that made, meant a lot. Like when I saw all the little comments coming in, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a difficult time for a lot of people. But uh, we just wanted to shout them out because, uh, you know, it, it means a lot. Um, Omar, I know for, for, for instance, uh, you just even yesterday, you know, we're out making a difference. So kudos to yeah, you. Yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Again, you just see just different types of people, different types of, uh, people uniting for obviously the same cause and, uh, just seeing different, uh, hearing different stories. And we had a little area where people were kind of sharing stories on intercom and it was just really sad and just kind of disheartening, but also just kind of like warmed your heart to see that everybody was there to support. So I think you need to kind of go to these, these protests, not even protests, just fight for equality. You go there and you hear a lot of stories and it should, it should change your perspective on, um, you know, situation. I hope people who don't agree with all this stuff, they do. And I think they'll walk out of their different people. Well, I think, you know, we, we've tried to do a really good job on this show in regards to like showcasing the positivity and humanity in the past week and, uh, and all the, all the, all the wonderful things going on in the world. So I just wanted to just kind of bring that up at the, at the beginning before we kind of went in, into the topic. Um, always a weird way to, to, you know, to transfer into or, or segue into, into goalkeeping. But uh, speaking of movements, uh, what about we talk about movements of pattern side, inside the box, guys? Oh, look you at see, you. I know. The segue. Did you see that segue? It was a solid segue. (laughs) I see some people's faces, though. They're like, "Mm, I don't know about that. That seems a little forced. You you gotta let other people, like, say something. You can't pat yourself on the back. Like, did you see it? Did you see it? I would have said something. You didn't give me a chance. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, I was actually self-deprecating myself. (laughs) Um, All right, guys. Uh Let's just, let's, uh, let's. (laughs) 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 See Wait, who like, did, who, oh who, my God. Who, wait I, they're all three of them are like, can we please just, can we just get this going? Let's just get this going. Um, guys, all right, today's topic, movement patterns inside the box. Uh, this is something that <coughs> come, come to my attention a lot because there's a lot of parents out there and, and, and goalkeeper coaches out there who are always kind of trying to micromanage how their goalkeepers move inside the box, where they move, how they move, all those sorts of things. And we thought what better way to start kind of breaking, um, you know, some of these, uh, these kind of myths, uh, than having, you know, some current high level goalkeepers on to talk about this. So if somebody here, um, I'll, I'll give it to Saskia. Whoa. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to give it to Saskia to start because she, she's, she's dealt with movement patterns where you could even pick up the ball back in the day. Um, <laughs> Steph, I, know. Hey, I had that drive then. <laughs> Steph can elaborate on it. Um, so what are movement patterns though, Sask, for some of the parents out there who might not be familiar? It's a good question. What are movement patterns, Michael? What I'm referring to by movement patterns, I'm referring to by the movement of the goalkeeper in the box, as in regards to, as in the flow of the game, uh, based on where the ball is, how the ball, how the ball's okay. being played, all those sorts of things. And then it transfers over into the actual movements of a shot stopping situation right. or a okay. through ball situation. I mean, I thought we were, we were delving into like figure skating or something. I didn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no. um, listen, obviously it's different for every goalkeeper because it's different for your ability, um, your range. Um, like we talked about the other day, where the ball is, uh, the pressure on the ball and everything. Uh, you want, you know, I, I think that's good that we have the three of you here because it would be how you handle different situations. How are you handling a cross with no pressure? Like who has better range or who needs to stay closer to their line? Um, you know, are you, is your first step forward, which we all know you shouldn't be doing? Like, you know, 
Um, so I think that it'd be interesting to find out, to throw out some scenarios to see how you guys would handle it differently. I think basically we're all, we're all kind of in the same boat and bubble. Um, I think this is a situation I would say that overall, most keepers should kind of do the same way, um, especially with positioning. Just you're talking about a foot here, a foot there, a foot here, which is big in goalkeeping. But, um, you know, you don't want somebody near post for a cross because, you know, there's certain things that are just no's in this situation. Um, absolutely. So... Uh, but I want. I want to. But one of the really cool things about having all three of you goalkeepers on this podcast and Omar at the same time too, um, is that uh, is that you guys are all different goalkeepers. You guys are all very different goalkeepers. You guys move differently, yet you still get the same job done. You're still playing at an extremely high level. So, like, um, for instance, like Caitlin, you know, you're you're you you and Samantha, you're on, on the taller side. Um, mm-hmm. You know, do you do you feel that that kind of changes? how you move and then some goalkeeper coaches in the past have had tried to get you to move in a certain way that what didn't feel comfortable? Uh, movement patterns. No, I will say on uh, either a cross or even a shot, it maybe allows me to be a step higher than maybe a shorter goalkeeper. I'm able to come out for crosses because it, I, me, me having a few inches allows a little bit more leeway of me making a mistake on a cross or a shot. And so maybe I'm, maybe I'm allowed to have a little bit higher starting position, but other than that, no, same, same movements and goal across goal, finding the angle really doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the obvious answer is, you know, the same, like if you're taller then you could probably extend your range more. But when you were talking about this, my main thing was probably mentality. It's probably the thing that is consistent overall. Maybe if you are, taller, shorter, whatever kind of goalkeeper you are. Um, I think there's some strengths involved. If you're fast, use that quality. Um, let your feet work for you. If you're a little bit slower, maybe you pick a, a better positioning. Like, I don't think there's any, you can't be a goalkeeper because of this. I think it's a mentality of what's the fastest way to get there. Steph, you, you gain ground really, really well. Um, not, not saying that you, Samantha and Caitlin don't gain ground as well too, but you, you have a really good... <laughs> It was like, <laughs> I'm going yeah, to see bye. practice tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but, but just, no, just, she just, does, just, she does. Yeah. She does. You gain ground really, really well. Do you think that helps you sometimes if you're like, let's say, um, you know, caught out of position, being able to reassess your movement um, because of the fact that you can gain ground so quickly? Uh, I definitely think it helps and inhibits me. Um, it helps in the sense of I do play like quite high. Um, so when the ball's in the other half, like I typically will play a little bit higher than majority of other keepers. Um, and I think, yes, it allows me to like retreat back to goal quicker, or it allows me to uh, be more of like that sweeper keeper position. I can like cut out balls quicker. Um, but if you're looking at more inside the box, um, because I am tall and, um, I do like to rely on my speed and athleticism, um, it can get me into trouble uh, sometimes in terms of like one V ones, or um, if there's like combinations top of the box of the split ball, because I'm trying to gain ground real quick, I could be caught like taking longer steps and not being set um, at the same time. So it's kind of like, I rely on my speed to get me there quickly, but then um, being a taller goalkeeper, I might not be getting low enough early enough. So mm-hmm. it, it can kind of like help and inhibit in different ways. Omar, I want to talk about this with you because you do so many training videos. like do you feel that like a lot of goalkeepers have issues like adjusting their movement patterns? Like when you start putting them through like training sessions 
and they've been trained a certain way and you want them to try something different. I think uh, Anthony White from AFC Bournemouth, he mentioned something to me that kind of stuck out to me was that a lot of these players may have already found a, an effective solution for their movement patterns or whatever technique they use before you've had, ever had a chance to teach it to them. And I think that was kind of like a, a light bulb go, you know, moment go off for me when I was like, yes, I can kind of joystick these goalkeepers and tell them, you know, what they should do, what they, you know, if you're a shorter goalkeeper, maybe you drop a little bit deeper because you want to work on your reactions. So you want to use your reactions a little bit more. A taller goalkeeper like Petr Cech, maybe step a little bit higher so you can really maximize your reach and close down the angles. But kind of putting them into those kind of bubbles, to me, I realized was kind of defeating the purpose. So a lot of the kids now, it's I put them through as many game-like, situations with little mini decisions and then just kind of let them figure it out because I think that's where the problem solve problem solving happens and then from a social aspect they can coach themselves on the fly so I try to teach them little things and give them you know questions that could lead to good answers of stuff that I want to see but at the same time too I think a lot of times these goalkeepers can find solutions better than we can teach it yeah I, I agree with that you know how I feel about that you know that I feel that I want the kid to be able to answer their own question and, and everything. But at the, at a higher level, it comes down to if you're, if you're consistently making the same positional positioning mistake, and we talked about this too in other shows, then, then this is like, this is something kind of ingrained in you as a keeper. And if it's, a, if it's bad positioning, if you keep, if you keep um, coming out on the wrong angles, it's a comfortability yeah. thing. If you're setting too far near post, if you're moving across a goal, you're not drop, dropping quick enough and getting back in the position to be able to come forward. And you're doing it over and over again at a professional age, then, then obviously we have to address it and we have to see sure. some way. But I agree with you with the younger kids. Like, why are you making this, this mistake? Why were you out of position? Why weren't you here? Please answer it for me, you know? And I, I don't like joysticking either, so you know that. I think that's one of the one of the things that I've seen a lot of times is be, the joysticking actually makes it more difficult for goalkeepers to move fluidly. And I don't know if any any of the goalkeepers here have have seen this uh, throughout their careers as, as they've been growing up. But um, a lot of younger goalkeepers, because the goalkeeper coach or the coach head coach for that matter is trying to tell them where to move, and they're, to they're always out of position because they're a step behind or they're a step ahead of where they sh- actually should be. Um, you know, has, has anyone noticed this? Uh, I'll give it to Samantha. Just because I know that you work with youth keepers. Like, I, I've seen all the Richmond goalkeeping stuff. And Well, I was just going to say, I mean, I coach, like, 13-year-old boys for NCFC. And it has been a ride, I'll tell you that. But it's been fun because, because a lot of times, I mean, I'll coach. Sometimes I give them maybe two technical of drills, and I'll have to find a good balance, what's good for their age group. I think that's important as a coach, just being a young coach too. But one thing that I like really want to go back to is I was like, how can I create games where they can start to figure things out? And I like created this like one game where it was a crossing game, but I had two goalkeepers competing at the same time, the same ball. They started on each other. I kind of called it like wide receiver goalkeeping. And they, mm-hmm. I know, kind of yeah. weird. No, I kind of want to play this game right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, okay, more oftentimes than not, they're complaining to me about whatever. And I was like, they came back at me and they were like, this game isn't fair. He has the advantage over me. You know, I would start him like front and back. And I was like, I know it's not fair. Figure it out. And um, I didn't, I gave him some tips about, you know, wait, wait for the ball to drop before you attack it, like gave them like little tips, um, just to be specific on an example. 
but um, I really let that freedom go because I, I like what Omar said too, um, just about like have them figure it out because yeah. Ben decides what kind of goalkeeper they start to be, what, what they like, what they don't like, where they can learn. And um, I think that's important to have in the session. I, I love what you just said in regards to like letting them figure out what kind of goalkeeper they're going to be. Like kind of like how we brought up, you know, how, how, Ste how you know, how, how Steph and, and, and you and Caitlin are all different goalkeepers, but you guys kind of had to figure out like what works for you uh, to play at that kind of that, that professional level. Um, so I, I kind of want to talk to them about this with Caitlin here um, because you, you do have a good balance, you do have good balance and you could have good discipline understanding in regards to how to move and, and when to, when to react. So, how much of your movement is the anticipation versus reaction? I, I'll answer that by kind of answering the previous question as well. Um, I credit credit to Nathan. I don't know if he's watching. I know he's not on here, but shout out to Nathan. I've been with him for three-ish years now, and I've never been in more game-like situations in training than I have with him. It's constant. It's every day. It's a it's it's a it's a technical side always first, a controlled setting, and then we get right into you're immediately having to make a decision. And he's always, there's never, it's never, okay, set at this cone. I'm going to play this way, set at this cone, catch the ball. It's, it's literally never like that. You can ask Sam and Steph. It's never like that. It's, I'm going to be in this general area for an angle. They're going to play me, whether the ball's played in front of me, behind me, adjust your angle, adjust where you are in the goal, according to where I play it. And it's constant. So it's constantly making us in game-like situations, having to make a decision on what we do. So to answer that, I will say anticipation because I've, I've, trained on it for so long it's it's just it's almost second nature to me at this point oh if the defender takes or I'm sorry if the forward takes a touch back towards their goal I can now step higher or vice versa it's just it's just ingrained in me to where they take a step this way now I take a half step this way it's just it's it's just it's ingrained in me because I, I, I we do it so much in training. Steph do you kind of feel the same way? Yeah definitely I mean I think it's so important to like have moving balls in training and I think that forces as a goalkeeper to um yeah adjust your feet constantly and like work on your set timing and um the depth in the goal um I think the more you have goalkeeper coaches that just like stand and hit volleys or hit dead balls all the time like you very rarely see it unless you know you pick up a pass back and there's a free kick inside your box <laughs> very rarely see like Balls, um, inside the box. Wait, hold on. What? What? Now, what happened after that? Did you guys play it out like it was like Did an actual game? Was it an indirect free kick? It was an indirect. Oh yeah. Kick. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was in an inner squad. Yeah. It was a. I'll say a rookie wow. yeah. mistake because you know <laughs> I like to pretend I'm young. <laughs> uh, Mike, I have a question for Steph. Uh, yeah, go ahead. One of, one of the goalkeepers that I've I've been training, he's you know he, he likes to ask questions, and um, he's I think in his going into his fourth year in college, so constantly asking questions, which I like because it gets it's thought provoking for me as well. And uh, recently, he asked one that uh, I want to ask you because he said, you know, as the goalkeepers get older, are they constantly readjusting and, and switching up their set shape? And I didn't know the answer to that. I mean, I said, yeah, I would assume that Buffon, as he gets older, he's realizing that maybe his reaction time isn't as strong as it used to be. So maybe he needs to advance a little bit more to close the angle down. And then from there, you know, what Mike said, reaction or anticipation, are you already understanding that your reaction time is slower? So you're anticipating maybe stepping higher always. So I'm just question to you. Do you feel like that has been a constant evolution or did you kind of find it, find one way and you've just kind of stayed in that same little bubble? Um, I would say I'm not necessarily like changing my positioning 
um, like my set position, I would say if anything, it's just like timing. And I think as you grow and you like move up, like going from club to university to like professional to national team, I think all of the levels, the, the one thing that changes is just like the speed. So it's the speed of when a player, like the time between their touch and their shot or the time between the touch and the pass. And I think it's just adjusting your set position to be able to put yourself in a position to react in a timely manner. Um, so I, I mean, I think you're constantly growing and developing always like, so yeah, maybe my position has like, Oh, has like changed and evolved over time in the sense of like, yeah, there's times where maybe I'm too upright and I need to get my chest more forward or I need to get my hands more in front of my body versus like behind. But I think those are just little things that are more so just growing and developing into a better keeper, not necessarily like I'm getting old and <laughs> I can't react <laughs> as quick. Um, so I think it's that, but I would say the biggest adjustment is just constantly trying to adjust to like the speed of play and um, the timing of your set position and getting into it. I like what you said there, Steph, in regards to that, by the way, I love how Samantha started nodding her head when you were talking about like getting older and like Samantha's like, yeah. And I'm like, what are you like 12? Like, come on. <laughs> um, but no, but like, I, I don't know about you guys. <laughs> you got the, you got the big birthday coming up. We're gonna have to do like a big celebration, but, um, but no, I, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I've also felt that I, my set, my, my, my set stance, my starting position has also changed kind of, as Steph was talking about, like, you know, experience too, but also my, it's, it's changed kind of based on like how my body feels too. Like if my body's a little, feels a little more fatigued, it's going to be a little bit of a different position, starting position than if it's not, than if it's not fatigued. Um, I love how Sasaskia is kind of like going, I don't, I don't know about that. One, well, but, like, I was just sitting here thinking like, I don't think I ever changed. Right. I just yeah, but you were like an elite world class athlete. You're not like, just, you're not like a guy like, sitting here. I just retired. I was like, oh, can't get pod- there anymore. I'm done. <laughs> a podcast here. Um, uh, Caitlin, have you ever felt that way? So, as regarding, uh, I'll start with my uh, my starting position. I think that's evolved as the game has evolved. Um, I think I, I don't even even five six years ago. I think I had a deeper starting position than I do now. I think the game has evolved where the game calls for us to be higher, to be almost, I don't I hate the word sweeper defender, but like it, it, or sweeper keeper, whatever, but we kind of are because it, especially with the courage, we're, we're such a high team. We love to press. We love to stay high. Our job literally is to be that fifth defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in, in that sense, I think that my starting position has changed over time. And I think with my set position I think uh kind of what Steph has said it just little tweaks honestly I feel like almost daily um just little like half inches here and there with the chest hands feet the the base of my feet just it's it's always evolving and it's always changing based off what feels natural and what feels right what works some days it doesn't some days it does so I I adjust it based off of what feels right no, I just want to tell uh, so I put in a soccer tournament or soccer shows like a pan Armenian game. So probably no one knows what that is. But I play I played in that last summer. You hold like on, did you say time. first you said I played in a soccer, soccer tournament. tournament? We were just thinking like you were playing like a men's league game and you're like, yeah, I was playing this international competition. No, but it was I mean, I just, people actually saw like the way that things were being run. It was not professional enough. But still it was like my first time playing since I've got into coaching. So I was trying to apply a lot of new things. And I think everyone can kinda I feel like resonate with this is that you know, when you go from the college level to the pro level and then from the pro level to the international level, 
the audacity of some of the players really becomes like their knowledge of the of the game and when to shoot the ball and when to take their touch everything becomes that much more fine-tuned and I remember we were playing in the quarterfinal game of the tournament and this they crossed the ball in the ball came all the way across to this guy and I kind of like was repositioning from the center all the way to the, to the left side of the goal and as I was going I kind of took it kind of easy because this ball is in the air and I'm like okay I have enough time he's probably going to bring it down then take a hit it goes all the way across and my positioning shifted, but I never got my feet set because I didn't think he would shoot it. Struck it first time across my body, hits the post and it goes in. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh man, that's, that, you know, that's a great goal. Don't worry about it. But in my head, I was like, I just if I had been a little bit more stubborn and disciplined of like treat every single situation the way it should be, I would have gotten my feet there, gotten my feet set and then moved to actually, you know, at least attempt to make a save versus both of my feet were probably still moving. I can't actually, you know, get a, get a plant and go, so I'm delayed. So I think that is also, too, is that as you get from level to level, you start realizing that you have to treat almost every situation as though the, sh- the striker has the audacity to shoot at any single, uh, any single second. So I think that's also, too, where as you get, you know, better and better, and as coaching as well, you start realizing those little details, as Saskia said, those little details where you can't let those things go because, yeah, they may not have scored in that situation, but the next time you guys play against, like, Sinclair – Canada, she's probably going to shoot that ball and you're going to be not set and it's just going to be an issue. Yeah, you can't, but you, you have to, and I agree with the evolution because I agree with the evolution. I thought Steph was going to say like, oh yeah, no, I'm, trust me, you're, you're absolutely correct right there. I'm very she aware of what you can do. <laughs> or he is correct. Sorry. No, no, no. no. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I've even played against Sinclair. <laughs> like, that's, uh-huh. that's, that's how long that's been. Um, no, um, I disagree with um, the evolution, like the growing with um, the game, but as well as your competition and going from college to pro um, to international and stuff. That speed of play, that transition, you can't, you have to, you have to tweak everything, and you have to change, and you have to be on guard in that sense. Like if you come up against somebody that loves to take that first time shot, you can't treat it like you would any other three ball or, or anything like that. You have to go to speed, and the speed of the game now is ten times faster than you know when I started playing absolutely and the strength of the players and the strength of the shots and the pace of the shots um, across the board um, is that's just so much faster I want to talk about this because uh, you were talking about you know the different the different levels and you know having understanding how you have to move at each level I think one of the things that that a lot of young goalkeepers have issues with is when something is working at their level just assuming it's going to work at the next level and the next Mm -hmm. level and the next level, not recognizing that those faults, if they don't work on them now, if they don't figure out how to move that much faster now, they're not gonna be able to play at that next level. And I think I'll I'll even share a story in regards to me. I remember the first time I got to uh, training at the professional level, the speed was so much faster than college. It was, I literally, I was, I literally was crying. I'm, I'm not joking. I was like straight up. This dude came in. This dude came in for Chivas. He like crossed in this ball, and he was like hitting it to the back post. And I was like, I'm literally as I'm moving the balls in the net. I'm like, oh, I can't. I literally can't take a second. I can't take a second off. And uh, yeah. and that's that's when I recognized. I was like, oh my gosh, I should have worked on that extra step in college. You know, Samantha, did you did you recognize that like once you got to the professional level? They're like, oh my gosh, like, I mean, you know, I mean, you're a great athlete. I mean, and honestly, you were playing at such a high level at North Carolina and everything like that, 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 you know, I'm sure it was an easy transition for you. But was there a second where you're like, the speed of play is so much faster. I need to make that extra step. 
Well, definitely. Speed of play is, is 10 times faster. I mean, I wasn't even able to play balls out with my feet. Like I, <laughs> I had to change a lot of things. I had to adapt. I think that's a really good word, adapt, because I've not changed necessarily like my core goalkeeper identity, um, but the team plays a certain way and they, they call for a certain type of goalkeeper that could play out of the back and that could play and decide in certain decisions. So you have to morph into that kind of goalkeeper. Or otherwise, you're you know, probably going to be traded to another team. If you don't do so, <laughs> I mean, just that's all it is. But, um, but I think honestly, I did a lot of things wrong when I first came because it did hit me. Like, I came from UNC; it was an amazing school, fantastic, fantastic. But goalkeeping, speed of play, I needed to be on a whole nother level. So I honestly had to be broken down a lot and just humbled, and then had to just keep taking steps every single day and every single opportunity and, and treating the opportunity like it was going to be my last one. And hopefully I've done so up to this point. <laughs> I'm just trying you to have. gleam as much as I possibly can from my <laughs> teammates. So. Well, you know, one, one thing that Nathan said is that you guys have a great relationship, all three of you guys there uh, at NC Courage, which, that, which means a lot. It means a lot because that, that's obviously mm. going to help you keep growing and keep becoming the better goalkeeper that you can be. And obviously you can't have, have better veteran goalkeepers than, than Kaylin Roland and, and Steph LeBay you know, they're, you know, um, showcasing things and, and, and being there for you. So I kind of want to talk about like mistakes um, that goalkeepers kind of make when they're first kind of learning how to, how to move and how to move in a way that's going to be, you know, beneficial and efficient. So Caitlin, I, I kind of want to kind of go back to your, your days in Cal North and stuff. Um, what? Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're okay. like, you're like, they're like, this dude did dug deep here. Um <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, what, like, how, how did you kind of learn how to, because you were talking about how, like, finding out, like, what works for you, you know? Mm -hmm. So how did you kind of for, for figure out, like, how I'm going to move and how I'm going to play at that next level, kind of play at college? That's, that's a loaded question. Um, I think for me, uh, two of my biggest strengths have always been um, my ability to come off the line and kind of be that sweeper keeper and my ability to deal with crossing. And I think both of those are based off your position. If you're too deep either in those situations for lack of a better word you're you're kind of screwed and you're you're not you're not going to be able to get to the ball quick enough and you're going to get beat a lot of times so uh over the years it's just kind of been playing and adjusting that position based off i would just kind of i kind of test it i kind of test it if i get beat then okay maybe i need to take a step back if i can't get there maybe i need to start a, a yard higher um so for that 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 was probably a big one i think one one other thing that has finally kind of clicked in my brain of uh, if if say a forward is kind of like uh, in your 18 ish they take one step or they 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 touch the ball you're you if they take one big touch you have to take a half step if you take a big step you're out of position and for me I've, I I I can't even tell you the how many years it took me to really truly understand and be able to like consistently do that I uh, I feel like you think the forward takes a touch, so you have to take a step with them. Your step has to be like half the distance of what they do. So for that, it's just so much. It's like goalkeeping is, all of you know, goalkeeping is inches and just like literally so detailed. It's ridiculous. Um, but for me, it's, it's just, uh, those are a few things. I, I probably could list 10 more things because it's so detailed to a position, obviously. But those are yeah. a couple key things. 
No, I, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the, uh, the just the, the game of inches thing, you know, because you, it's been brought up a couple times on this podcast here. And I want a lot of young goalkeepers out there to hear that because a lot of times when I'm working with younger goalkeepers, you know, they, they as, as we've talked about, Saskia, as you've, as you've talked about, you know, kids are so literal. You say move left, they take a huge step They're left. They're so literal. They're so literal. Yeah. It's like, it's... So, so how, like... <laughs> So like Omar, how do you like make it like a little bit like more fine tuned for them so that they're not so just going like, oh, I'm taking a step right. I'm taking a step left um, because that's difficult. That's difficult to kind of understand, explain like small nuances to, to young goalkeepers. Yeah, no, I actually had a young girl who's uh, 15. She's she just got a letter to the Mexican national team. So like, you know, her parents are super excited and they, they want to, you know, fine tune some stuff. And I guess her team is so good that she barely gets any action. So, and her goalkeeper training isn't game realistic. So you could see it's all, it's very much technique and uh, the technique is not being turned into a skill. And one of those skills that she has yet to really kind of fine tune is her positional awareness and sense of where she is in the goal. And uh, granted on the fields that we're training on, we don't have the actual line. So it's kind of difficult, but I show her the film and, you know, I take a touch around the dummy and it's like a actual, her, you know, recovery movement from like the center. Like we just try and simulate a, a pass from the central position into a wide player. And her positioning is so off. She leaves the, the near post wide open. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of like bit my tongue the first, like the, the first session. Cause I was like, I don't, I'm telling her, Hey, like take a picture, use your peripheral, see where you are on the goal, be a little bit more savvy versus just trying to, to get in line with my shot. And I think, once I showed her the film, she was like, whoa, I am so off. Like, what can I do better? So I think, again, I, I exposed her to the problem. And now she's seeing herself. It's not just me, my voice saying, hey, do this, do that. Now, like, the proof is in the pudding. And I think that's been beneficial for me with the film is just to show them what it looks like to them. And now they have the mental recall of like, okay, how do I avoid looking like that again? And what can I do in terms of like a visual marker, an actual like, do I, you know, put my uh, a mark in the ground so I know where I am centrally, like all those little things that I think as veteran goalkeepers, you become a little bit more savvy and understanding of your, your positional sense and awareness prior to the shot, because the last thing you want to have to worry about is where you are in the goal and worry about having to set properly. It's all about understanding where you are on the goal prior to any of that happening. And then from there, once you get ready for the shot, all you have to worry about is a shot. I, I love what you were saying right there. And I, I love what, what Steph was saying earlier. And I'm, I'm going to bring this back to you, Steph, because you were saying you were actually, I mean, you weren't being self-deprecating, like, you know, um, but you were being honest with yourself in regards to like, you know, I recognize when I'm making this mistake, that mistake. And I think that's what obviously led you to be an international caliber goalkeeper. Do you, when you watch tape, do you kind of like, are you that fine tuned with it? You're like, oh, okay. I was like a foot off that time. Now I know in that next session, I literally, that's what I'm going to talk to Nathan about. I really want to work on just being that foot, you know, in, in the right position. Um, yeah, I would say that when I watch tape, like I'm much less um, focused on the small details um, because to me, I think the small details um, are affected by so much happening in front of you that it's like it's hard for me to say okay well in this specific play I should have been like half a step to my left because it's like maybe I wasn't half a step to my left because that defender was just in that specific spot where I felt like I could like be a little bit more this way or it's the same like oh I think you could have come for this cross well there's unless you're the actual goalkeeper in the goal, you don't know why they actually made that decision because mm-hmm. there's so many things that go into making these decisions. So I would say when I'm watching film, like I'm paying less attention to specific details and I start, I am trying to look at like themes. Um, so for example, like for me, crossing is definitely something that um, 
has not been a strength of mine and has not been something that, um, like it's definitely something I've had to put a lot of effort and attention and focus into. And a lot of it isn't like, I'm not picking apart my foot, my like footwork to go into the crossing. It's more so like Kate was saying, can in general, can I hold a higher position for longer? Not necessarily, can I be two steps this way? Can I be, it's just in general, I think I can hold my position a little bit higher. And if I hold it higher, the decision will come easier to come for this cross. Or um, maybe I'm protecting my near post a little bit too much, which is giving me a struggle to like get to the back post. So in general, can I try to stay a little bit more central, um, which will give me more of an opportunity to go out for those. So I think, and maybe that comes from being an older keeper where I know that those like tiny things are pretty like instinctual and habitual now. And it's going to be hard to really like, change those little things that are habit whereas it's more so how can i change like the maybe the behavior or like a general thing which will put me in better positions to be able to like execute you know what what i love is that all all three of you guys have all kind of recognized and been honest in regards to like your deficiencies and your strengths and and i think a lot of young goalkeepers need to hear that that you know, the reason you guys are professionals, the reason you guys are playing at that level is because you guys are secure with where you are as, as players and understand where, what you need to work on, where, where your bread is buttered, uh, so to speak. And, uh, and, and, and because of that, because of that, you guys are more in tune with, with how your body moves, how the, how, how the game is affected. And obviously if you know that I may not be as strong in this area, well, then you're going to try to funnel movement to be in a way that it's, it's going to be more beneficial to you. Right, Steph? Yeah. And I think it's understanding like what your strengths are and like making your strengths the best, like making your strengths make you the thing that like sets you apart. It doesn't mean neglect your weaknesses. It's like bring them up and keep them with you. But I think there is something about recognizing your strengths and what you bring to the table and, um, like staying true to that because that's what is going to make you stand apart. And like for the, I would say as a goalkeeper, it's like we all make mistakes and we're all going to let in a like crappy goal because of something, whatever. But like it's your strengths and the things that you really bring to the table, which are going to set you apart. And I think that all of us like have found like what it is that it like that sets us apart and that we are str- strong at. And I think it's like, coming back to those things for confidence um, as you're like continuing to try to like bring your weaknesses up. Omar, I think uh, you privately said that uh, you've got a video that you want to share. I know privately. I saw him share. I saw oh, him oh, oh we put it to everybody. You like <laughs> popped up on the thing as co-host. I was like, Oh, here we go. <laughs> He's going to screen share. Let's see it. Let's see. What, what do you got? What do you got? What do you, what do you got? Uh-oh. What do you got for us? Oh, yeah. ask, ask, get one more question in. I have, I'm just editing it real quick. Just wanted to slow it down. Okay. All right. So then, uh, let's, let's go into this then. Um, well, I, I, I just asked, uh, you know, Steph has just been talking, but you know, obviously, so I'll, so I'll ask it to Samantha, even though, you know, you are uh, a U.S. goalkeeper. Do you feel that it will by me, but you are a goalkeeper coach. Do you feel that there's a, there's a lack of disallowing goalkeepers to experiment at the youth level and, uh, and learn, learn from their mistakes and how their body moves? You know, Caitlin was talking about how she learned how her body moves. Um, do you feel that we need to be a little bit less coachy uh, with our youth keepers? Well, to be honest with you, I haven't been coaching for too long. 
I don't know. You got that wide receiver game. I'm pretty sure you're pretty high. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing that I do want to say to that is I think um, having conversations with them, like, so what do you think about that? Um, Asking good questions, but also like one thing I like doing with my players is like, I want them to be the best that they can be. And sometimes they bring things like from school or I don't know. This one time this guy was like, my girlfriend broke out with me or something. (laughs) And like, I just feel as a coach, if I could bring out the best version of them, they are going to be the best goalkeeper that they're going to be in that, in that training session. And I don't think my job is to nitpick all the little things. Love what Steph said. I mean, I'm even learning from Steph. So um, I love that she said, look for themes. Cause that to me sounded like, okay, stop beating yourself up so much when you're watching yourself on film and you know, your foot should have been here, but it was there. Uh, that's, that's a little thing you can fix that. But, um, I think as coaches, I think we could inject more mentality. Like, I mean, my dad was notorious for always saying like, but you go after things, second effort, everything, um, be brave, like all these things, like, and that was just, it's just kind of filled out my whole figure it out mentality. I mean, we had one play like a few days ago. And Nathan just turned on the video and I saved this. Well, did I save it? I don't even remember, but it, it like trickled across the net. Did and she I save went, it guys? Did she? Is this well, the one I don't know which one she's talking to. Yes. Crawling. Yes. <laughs> but I went across the net. I just want you to know I've done that too. I went across the net and I was trying to, I was trying to recover it. And I like basically was just like skimpering across and got it and it was hilarious but I just I just feel like as a goalkeeper coach like these kids are going to mess up and they're probably going to have low confidence sometimes and your job there is to just keep reassuring them who they are like where they're going what they've got going for them and then um because they're going to be with themselves their whole journey and if you have well that's just my two cents but no I I just I like that part of coaching I mean Um, no, I, I, I love yeah. what also what, what Steph said, oh, unless Omar's got his video here, I was just going to um, say that Steph, in regards to themes, you, you blew my head. I love it. Saskia's going to start laughing because I love Uh-oh. these like head exploding moments that I get on the show where I'm just like, <laughs> I never thought about breaking down film that way. I'm always looking at like, the, the, I'm lo- always looking at breaking down, breaking down the movement, breaking down what happened prior. And Steph was talking about like when you're talking to your goalkeepers about looking at themes rather than just the specific specific moments. Um, and then once you have those themes, then you can kind of go there from there. So anyway, basically what I'm saying is uh, Steph knows way more about breaking down film than I do. Is well, that- I think like for me, it's, it also comes back to like, you can break down a specific moment, but like chances are you're never going to see that exact moment again, ever again. It's the same as talking to like a center back about, a specific play and you can either step or drop here or you should check with this forward or you should follow this run. Like you're never going to see the exact same play where all the players are in the exact same position and the player has the ball in this exact like blade of grass on the field. Like you're never going to see the exact. So the more that we dig into specifics, that's when players heads are going to explode because they're going to be waiting for that exact moment to happen again. And if it's not like that exact moment isn't ever going to show itself. So it's more, if you can start to teach and coach in themes, then it's like when specific types of situations occur, it's like 
easier, I think, for us to grasp onto it instead of waiting for that perfect moment and say, oh, this is the exact moment where I'm now supposed to be a yeah, little bit ever, more over here. Have you ever seen those keeper coaches that are like, something really random happened, some weird, like really weird, awkward goal. <clears throat> and the next mm-hmm. you know, you see the coach out there the next day, like training that exact thing yeah. with the keeper. And you're just like, just in case that happens again. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. just in case it hits the crossbar, comes back, hits your player on the back of the head, and bounces towards you, and you're over there, and you have to get up. We're gonna practice it. Yeah. <laughs> it's I get. True. Like, you know. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, just to just to, I mean, again, bring everything full circle. Uh, just have a clip of Steph. Uh, I think when she Uh-oh. you got Uh-oh. a clip of Steph. Okay. Oh, can you can you see my screen? Yeah, I can see your screen. Okay. No, I just think again. Is this, so a, good, back is this to, a good play? Good play, oh, Steph? Yeah, oh, I would bad. never show a bad play. Yeah, so good play here. Again, so just kind of like if I'm a coach and taking kind of Steph's philosophy and understanding of how you break down the clip, what I would say to the, the goalkeeper is like, oh, should I just play it? I'll play it first and then we'll talk about it. Yeah. Okay. So again, like if, you, if, you're, if you're showing that clip, what I would tell the goalkeeper is like, yeah, you, prob- you, made, you made it a great save, but like what led to that great save? And I think a lot of times what I work on in training sessions is just like that muscle memory in the legs of how quickly can you move from point A to point B, be aware of your surroundings and where you are, and then from there, making sure that your legs are set prior to the shot. So it's a kind of Steph's point about look at the theme. I think a thing that we see a lot of times is that constant recovery movement or movements from point A to point B. And if you're sometimes getting there, arriving too late, arriving too early, or you're jumping off two feet and landing on two feet, your feet never have a chance to kind of re- uh, recenter off the ground and they're kind of heavy. I think that those are all little themes that are recurring themes that happen more often than not. So again, when I, when I watched this, I was just super, I was just happy to see that you knew where you were on the goal. So obviously your positional sense and awareness was there, but also too, you knew exactly when to set. And it's like the most subtle thing. That's why I had it on slow-mo. Just watch your feet as this ball is about to be struck, set, boom. And now she has the ability to actually you know, push out. So I think it's just those little things. So, all right, boom, and then go. So again, that's to me, when I watch the footage, that's what I would bring up is exactly what Steph said. And I can bring up the theme of Steph sets really wide. I was literally going to say, I was literally going to say, I was literally going to say, I was literally going to say that. And I was just kind of one, I wanted to, I was just looking at everybody else's face. I was like sitting here like, I was like, am I allowed to say something? Should I say what she's saying? And I didn't, and I, and I, and I was like, I was like, I don't know if I've seen her set that wide before. I was waiting for Mike like, to text me and say, so, uh, like, no, is that, is that a common theme for is that a common theme for you, Steph, to set that? Um, wide? Yes, it, it definitely is. Um, especially with like close range shots, I definitely set wide. I'm a like Canadian, grew up watching NHL, and I'm like classic <laughs> foot foot save girl. Um, so because I do set wide, I'm like definitely a little more on my heels. Um, and do yeah, you find so. that because of that you can't get that sometimes on shots? Like even like you can't get that power behind it because it's um, hard it's hard to it's hard to dive from that or to yes react, if it's a, it if that. it's a shot like that for sure um but going back to like me being a quick keeper i mm-hmm. tend to take like more steps to then dive versus like one step and dive okay, okay. um so yeah but, I, i'm just i'm just waiting for omar to pull out like and here's and here's an example of samantha <laughs> like and be like, and oh, also, like, like, okay maybe i didn't use it no i you know it was a great saving stuff but i see what omar's saying 100 about getting into position and I'm being quick with that. No, but again, like yes. we talked about earlier, it's like, yes, we can make the comment about the wide set. So that's probably like a, hey, that's a reminder. Just be aware that yeah. when you're recovering, yeah. can we get to your spot earlier so that you have the chance to go a little bit more narrow or more neutral? 
versus having to almost step into it wide because you're finding your footing. And then from there, you're stuck almost reaching into the bubble only. And it's kind of hard for you to get anything outside. So again, that's just like the theme of it. What I would say is just the recovery movement and prior to the shot getting set and having positional awareness of where you are. And then the little point, technical point would be, yeah, because you may have gotten there as a shot was being struck, you got your feet set, but be aware of the wide set. So it's yeah. again, yeah. it's just those little conversations. And again, showing the goalkeepers those things because now it's not just the coach saying something and saying, hey, I saw it. This is why you should do it. Right. It's more of like, hey, we both just saw it and you can run from it. You can say whatever you want to say, but the proof is in the pudding here. We just showed it to you. You make the adjustment. But at the same time, the great thing is that Steph said it. Like you're just like, you're sitting here looking at it totally like, well, I was looking at it the same way and Steph, but it was like, look how wide it said, you know, and it's the ability to be able to do that to yourself. And when you're coaching kids, that's the, that's the, the tool you want to give them. You want to mm -hmm. give them when you sit down or when you ask them what happened on, in a situation or a recurring situation, what is going on? You know, my favorite thing I've said is my kids will pop, my like, kids for club will pop up and they're like, oh my God, you know, my weight was totally on my heels. I didn't get set. And they'll answer, the, they'll answer it before I even ask them a question. And, you know, that is how you want your goalkeepers to develop. Kate, I, have, I got a question for you. Um, like, how much movement do you think like a goalkeeper should, cause you are, you are pretty disciplined with your movements and you seem to be con constrain them for when, when you, when you need to move and your positioning is very good. Do you feel that there's a lot of goalkeepers out there that just move more than they need to like over and over again, constantly? The tough question. Um, but I would say yes, just because it's happened for me and it's something that I've had to work on to get disciplined. So I think it happens through the majority of goalkeepers and it's not even it's not even movement with side to side or up and down it's like in your set position whether it's popping up whether it's hand moving this way whether it's one of your feet popping wide right as the ball's getting struck I think like every everyone has this um reaction movement whether it's your chest comes up just like I said just as the ball is striking there's a movement and I think that really hinders your ability to react and make a save um and so yes I think there's a lot of unneeded movement across the board and goalkeepers um and you'll see it it's just like it, it, if you slow it down like omar just did i'm not even saying with steph but if you slowed certain clips down you'll see you'll see a movement of a goalkeeper right as the ball is getting struck and so i think that's when you when you can limit that movement your reaction and your your mm -hmm. saves are just going to increase so kayla do you want to yeah. see do you want to see a clip of that <laughs> You guys, I'm telling you, I watch, I watch so many highlights and I send it to other goalkeepers and we just discuss it and that's how I grow as well. I'm like, okay, what is a player yeah. seeing? But can I show you guys something that I absolutely love and this is why like, I respect yeah. professional goalkeeper because it's just little, little things. Mm -hmm. okay. Hold on, let me just pull this up. Sasuke, I, was, I know I was you're going to hate me for this. I was literally going to say... Oh, like, no! <laughs> no! I told you, none of my stuff's it's all on um, eight millimeter. Oh, I know. I'll get you, I'll get you your, your clip eventually. Hold on one second. No, you won't. Let's see. If can... I, own the, I own the rights to all those. You can't have. I have a Caitlin playlist here if you want to play that. <laughs> no, thank you. Okay. Can you guys see this? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Brad, Brad Guzon versus LAFC. And it's going to take like a, probably 10, 15 seconds until you actually see the slow mo from behind the goal. But okay. It's just a, the mini, like micro adjustment and micro movements. And from here, it doesn't look like crazy. But when you watch his footing, look mm -hmm. how calm he is. You know what I mean? So, like, it's just. It's just like, to me, when I watch that, I just go, you know what? Like, it just shows you how patient he is. And like, when you see the arm swing and like the big jump, some people can get away with that because they've timed it. And that's kind of like embedded in them since they were, uh, they were kids. 
But Brad Guzan, to me, like when I saw this, I just had to slow-mo it down and just kind of see just how calculated he was. And maybe because he's a little bit older, he's like, I can't take as many athletic risks, so I have to keep my feet on the ground. I don't know. But when you watch this now, you have a little bit more of an appreciation as to like how guys like him, as they get older, they still maintain that high performance. Mm -hmm. So so he went from the pre-stretch into the set. I'm not sure what, okay. But it looks like the ball's bending away, so he's got to still, he still has to drop shoulder back, but it's in front of post still. Yeah, no, the biggest thing for me was just like when I watched this clip, I wanted to, to just show the kids that I, I trained is that like, for me, if you move with both feet off the ground, like, you know, both feet in the air, it's, it's difficult to have any footing on the ground to readjust and move the opposite way. Mm-hmm. So keeping your feet in small little micro adjustments, small little movements allows you to pull out a variety of saves, whether it's going back the opposite way, going with the momentum, going this way, a, a front scoop or a shot to the hands. You have balance all the way because your feet and your shoulders are all moving in unison. By the way, it's so weird because it looks like you're literally tell, saying this to all the four of the people behind you uh, in, in, your, in your virtual background right now. Guys, look. Okay, anyways, that's, that's my... Are you waiting for the opinion? Yeah, I'm waiting for the opinion from the pros here. I'm waiting for the opinion from the pros I'm waiting for the opinion from the pros here. Okay, whoever, I won't say anything. Whoever wants to start. Samantha, why don't you start? I feel like Nathan would say, get your foot in the ground. Thank you. <laughs> sometimes though, sometimes though, genuinely, yes, in a perfect world is your foot going to be on the ground, but there are some times where you're moving this way and you just mm-hmm. need, you're desperate to get a foot in the ground to push that way. So I think in that, I think in that instance, yeah, you want your foot in the ground, but I think that he was just like, oh shoot, he shot. Yeah. I got to get my foot in the ground and just yeah. push. Um, but you, I was, I was going to make a point of you, you, of how you saw the ball just kept pinging around a, a good, a, a decent distance. And his, his positioning was literally just adjusting by not even a yard. Right. And it was just con- like yes. his body shape was just turning, but he wasn't, he wasn't moving across goal. No, that's as soon exactly as he, as soon as he moves across goal, he can't. Yeah. Kate, Kate, I'm glad you did it with the hand. I'm glad you did it with the hands too, because actually it was very specific. No, no, that works well. I, I I kind of agree with the foot in the ground. And my only thing on that would be like, I love the adjustments, the mini adjustments, but I think he got caught moving. And and so he ended up pushing off his back. He ended up pushing off his right leg and not his power step toward next to the ball. So he's pushing all his powers coming from that back leg. That other leg's not, not giving him any, any stability or any strength to really power through the ball. So I agree with you 100% that he was like, oh, God, I got to right. get, get there. And so whatever he used to use. But I liked the mini movements as well. Um, yeah, but, but yeah. Saskia, in, in that situation, though, just to, I mean, devil's advocate, if, if that situation happens and you try to get that foot in the ground, maybe, one, it's a delay, but, two, also, too, like, if that leg goes in the ground, isn't it kind of hard to, like, get your body down if that so, foot is in, the, in, in that space? Yeah, but so you, you want to sweep it. The, you think pushing off the far? I, but it was too far. I, you didn't need to sweep there. The ball was pretty far from it. I mean, you could only uh, get one arm to it. I don't think it was that, that close. I'll, I'll I think ask, also too, he's six I four. He's he a big caught, dude. So I, I think he still got caught moving. That's what I think. And I think he got that foot in the ground. He still attacked the ball and everything, which is why it went around the post. I'm just saying. In a, in a, I, I, I want to ask the NHL goaltender here. Uh, <laughs> Steph, <laughs> Steph, 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 Steph's Steph like, I would have seen it with my foot. I was gonna say like I I kind of like he travels similar to me where like Kate said he was traveling 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 but that his set almost like as he was set for the shot it was like he kind of widened and yes he had more weight in his right foot I don't know if it was that 
it, I don't know if there was any type of a deflection or something where he was starting to lean that way or if he was still moving that way. But I think that is very typical of somebody who does set a little bit wider is that, like I know for me, I use my opposite foot as my power foot a lot. Um, and that's just very typical of somebody who sets that little bit wider than shoulder um, because you are like, you do have more weight in the ground. And so you tend to, so I don't know if like, I can't really tell from the beginning, but it is, if you look as he sets, so like, Boom. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's a recovery. That's a, re in my opinion, that's a recovery yeah. movement safe because you're yes. already leaning one direction. Yeah. And you're right. So, he was leaning a little bit. And like I, I could said, have, I, I could have even swept out. there. You could have even swept no, there. I, but yeah, I, see so the I don't know if he's leaning or if he's just setting in a wide position. Cause I travel narrow, narrow, narrow. And then right when I set, I set wide. So I wonder, I can't, maybe this first one is actually better. So he got there early, got both feet in the ground, and then when he realized, okay, I need to create some space yeah. for me to, my, my left hand to get down, that left, that left foot. Uh, Saskia, it could be a mix of both. Honestly, it's, it just happens so fast. Yeah. But I think mm -hmm. you're right, though. In an ideal world, yes, power step. But I think also, too, I have a goalkeeper who I train right now who's six foot seven, a big, big ass right, dude. Right. And he can reach things that I've never seen other people yes. reach, like a Courtois. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, dude, I'm so, like, I keep diving backwards, I keep doing stuff. I'm like, I get it, dude, but you're just so, one, kind of clumsy, but two, you have this height that you can reach things that not mm -hmm. other people can. So, like, I'm not going to change that out of you if you're doing exactly what Guzan did here and you're reaching to a position that somebody else may have to take two shuffles to. Like, I can't change that out of you, playoff instinct. Then trying to change that, it's like, will that hinder his instincts? Will that slow him down? Right, right, so, it's just like a lot of little things. Mm -hmm. No, but I like what Steph said because I actually have a couple keepers. I have to look at Daniel and stuff now and see because he sets wide. But I, but and he's an incredible athlete and can get to everything. But I have to actually look what what leg he's really pushing on if it's that back, yeah, that, that back leg. It'd be interesting because and I think it's as long as long as he's pushing and generating power. <laughs> yeah. Like, of course, ideally it's your inside leg. But as long as you're not just on that opposite leg and falling, like if you're still generating right. power and pushing, like that might actually biometrically be better for some like for a super tall leg they might actually be better to push off of that one because like you said if it's a low shot it might actually help them get the bottom hand down quicker because they have to kick that uh, right so out. if that's like as long as they're generating power like that actually like i said physiology wise might be better who knows i think i think you guys are all bringing up something really really important here as we're we're talking about like well you know if it's working if it's if it's working it's working it's working how many times have we had in our careers or ourselves personally been like it works yeah but i want you to do it this way as opposed to you know saying all right well until it doesn't work then i'll try then then try out something again like like steph you were saying you know you you set you set wide but it works for you you feel comfortable with it and, and, and you make it happen. Samantha might not be able to do that and have it happen because she wouldn't feel, she wouldn't feel right. You know? Um, so I think the mental aspect, you know, Steph, I know you're really big on the mental aspect. I mean, that's huge, right? If you're confident, if you feel, if you move this way, I'm going to be able to make a save, then it's, then that's the best movement for you. Right? Yeah, I think for sure. And I think at the same time, it's also having the growth mindset of like wanting to try and, like I know for me, the, like the wide set helps me in 95% of things on the field, but like for my personal body, but I know that there's like one specific, I'm not going to give the forwards any, you know, um, inside, but there's like a specific situation or shot that is like much harder for me to deal with. <laughs> um, so I think it also is like understanding that 
in training is the time to try to train right. new habits and try to train things that might actually work. And you don't really know if something else is going to work for you unless you try it. So I think it's giving goalkeepers tools and opportunities to try new things and to like test out other techniques and like have them try it in training. And if it works, it works and it'll become habitual. And um, in the end, in a game, they're going to resort to like, to, like habit. It just is. So I think it's providing those opportunities and training to try and to, as a goalkeeper, having the growth mindset of wanting to try new things and wanting to get better. I want to ask everybody here a question and not whoever wants to take it, but like, I've always, I've always had this issue with me in regards to fighting, whether like it's better to be extreme, extremely mobile, have the natural attributes of being extremely mobile um, and having that mobility or being out of position. Um, because I, I guess the old, the old, old adage is like, as a youth keeper, it's like, you can always teach them how to get in position, but you can't, you know, but it's much more difficult to make them extremely mobile. Um, so you're in your guys' opinion, like as, as pros, like, would you rather be able to move and be out of position or would you rather be in position, but be stuck to the ground, um, for, for lack of a better term? That's your question. Question. Is that a true question? It is kind of. But no. But the thing is, is that like it. It is something because I've I've had this where I've I've seen certain goalkeepers who aren't who are extremely mobile and they're out of position and they make and they they get across and they make it happen, and other goalkeepers who aren't mobile but they're in position and they and they make it happen. So is it like a catch twenty two? Like, you know, is there like whatever, like, it's like, if you can get the job done, it doesn't matter. Like I'm, I'm asking you guys here. I want to have this, have this discussion here. You know, no, it's yeah. just a, your second question was like, it almost seemed like the first question was just there to trick us. So that second question didn't no, no, seem no, no, because no, no, no. it was just like, would you rather be out of position I, and not set? Or would you rather be in position and set? It's like, uh, I'm not Tim Dittmer trying to, trying to, trying to trick his kids. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, but again, I have, you guys keep talking. I have more clips. Saskia, this one's for you. <laughs> no, but go ahead, you guys go ahead. And then, we'll, then we'll start wrapping up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would I would just say, like, don't complicate things. Like, did you get the job done? Like, at the end of the day, did, yeah. you, get the, did you get the job done? Like, did you save the ball? I don't think it should be any more complicated than that. Yeah. You know? I think that's the beauty of, like, sports and, like, goalkeeping. Like, we could talk all day about different things that you should do. or, um, But did you save the ball or not? That's our job, right? That's so situational. It's a weird thing to say. I think it's better if you're out of position, at least get set when the shot's coming. Like, so um, it's better to be set in that position than moving. Okay. So like, it's not in that moment that you find yourself out of position and you can get there with your speed. It's not as important to get into the position you were supposed to be in to save the ball, but in your travels, make sure once the ball's released, you're set. And so then you can make the save you need to um, save. I mean, that would be the best way I can explain. Some I, th- I think one of the yeah. I, because I think one of the reasons I this this question kind of came to me is because I've seen a lot of training sessions of of different types of goalkeeper training out there where the set position is not the is not the end result. It's the movement. It's all about movement, movement, movement. And because of that, these goalkeepers are not understanding when to set. And, and, and their starting positions are off and all of this stuff because they're so focused on moving. So 
Well, that's what I mean. It's like, oh, what are you training? Are you training? Hey, you're at, you're moving from this location to that location. You got to get here, regardless of um, when I'm shooting the ball and the timing and everything. So it's more important for you to get there than it is in your travels to realize I'm shooting the ball. So even if you're a little bit out of position, get set so you can actually react and and, and make a save. Yeah. And I think, so. so- no, no, no. And I think again, it's, it's, um, you know, you get a lot of goalkeepers who are super, super aggressive and like, like to come off their line and like to, I mean, some, for me, at least I like to have depth in my, for me, at least to just create depth. Cause I was a good shot stopper. So I wanted to really try and maximize that. But the other keepers who may be on the shorter side, taller side, they just like to close the angle down to make themselves feel like they're, they're minimizing the goal. And I think again, like, uh, Sam said, it's like, however you feel you can get the job done best, go for it. And then it's us as coaches to be like, okay, give you the freedom to make the mistakes. And if it starts hurting the team, then we could probably bring up, bring up like, Hey, look, if you want to play, you're conceding goals that somebody else would not concede because of your kind of stubbornness to not change. So let's adapt some new ideas and see how that goes. Mm-hmm. So I did think you have- with what you guys were talking about too, um, Kate brought it up earlier about Nathan's training. And I think what's so important for goalkeeper coaches when talking about movement and set timing and position in the goal. I think it's so important that you like train that. So you train goalkeepers maybe being out of position and having to recover into a position. And at the same time, I think it's important that they're doing it and they're doing it as the ball is moving. So Mm -hmm. it's not like start on this cone and get yourself over to this area for this volley. Because if you're just going for then a coach to volley the ball into your hands, like it's, all of your decision-making in terms of when to set and where do I actually need to be is thrown off because they're standing in one specific spot and they're going to hit it from there no matter what happens. So mm-hmm. if the ball is passed, you're then having to travel at the speed of the ball. You're, have, you're then having to like read body language of when they're stepping into it, when they're hitting it, are they attacking the ball or are they waiting for the ball to come to them? That all will dictate how much ground you can cover when you actually need to set. So I think, the way that the drill is actually set up is so important. And I think that we are really lucky to have someone like Nathan who understands that and understands that there's so many things in how the drill is set up that will dictate the decisions that you make. Yeah, no, I think, I think you guys are extremely on, on point about that because if you don't, if you don't take all that into consideration, and I love the fact that you've got all those variables in, in, in your sessions. And obviously we know Nate, Nate's a great goalkeeper coach. Um, but, uh, Hold on, Omar, you have this clip you want to play? Oh, this is the last thing, and I know we, okay. we right. got to end. But yeah, then we again, gotta... this is this what we're talking about, like uh, what uh, Steph just said about how if you don't present the situation prior to the action you're trying to train, then you're not going to get anything out of it because their starting point is probably always going to be perfect because of you starting the drill from like a stationary position. So I think here, again, because the play plays out, just watch it. I'm sorry, I'll stop talking. But <laughs> just, just watch him. And this guy's like, this goalkeeper is super, super aggressive, and it's like just fascinating to watch. Is this one of those weird leagues that you found? No, just when you watch this, you're just like, wait, what was he thinking? Oh, sorry. This is just my breakdown. What league is this? This is the UEFA Cup final. Oh, yeah. So he never gets set. He just he starts running. You know what I mean? So like even oh like gosh. a goalkeeper at the wow. highest, highest level didn't have that awareness. Again, maybe because they didn't do – oh, sorry. They didn't do just like uh, game realistic stuff. I have no idea. But again, it's just – and then kids watch this and they don't have context and they go, oh God, okay, I have to sprint out to the box and do that. And, and you watch that, it on. It's just wasted movement. It's unnecessary. At the same time, I would like honestly play a bit of devil's advocate and say like maybe his thought was that player kind of has the defender beat. So if they take this long touch, I need to be ready to close down ground. And it was a touch and a very quick release. Like 
the amount of time between that touch and the shot oh, was yeah. extremely small. So you could also say like, I mean, we obviously don't know what the goalkeeper was thinking, but maybe he's thinking this is a little combination top of the box. And if this becomes a through ball or if he like one touches this to that other striker who might break in behind, like I'm ready to be that aggressive force to clean up space behind. I mean, I'm not saying is what he did was right. Obviously he still needs to set, but I'm just saying like that could be where he's thinking is we have a very high back line. This is like kind of a ticky tack on top of the box. And I need to be aggressive to like clean up the space behind my back line. And right. I would and say I that think, I, Oh, go ahead. Okay. No, I, I, it's short. I was just going to say that forward gets the ball at his feet. He looks up and sees the goalkeeper close. Maybe if that goalkeeper wasn't out, he takes another touch and now has the advantage. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so it's just, it's multiple different situations. Mm -hmm. uh, he closed down space and now the strikers rushed and now he hits it wide because his brain is scattered. He wasn't expecting to have like the, the time he did. Yeah, Kate, the goalkeeper won the battle. That's yes. the answer. Yeah. <laughs> Garrett, see, you never know. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you think he was slightly over? Slightly over too much? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think he was slightly <laughs> over, slightly high, slightly a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, but I, that's, the, that's the good part too is like if um, I, I watched this whole game and that dude is just like the most aggressive like goalkeeper you've ever seen. Like even in this situation, he just comes – I'll show the last time, but like – like he just runs out. That's what I'm saying. Like the trends of the goalkeeper right. and like what they, the right. pattern of how they play, mm -hmm. and like that one isolated uh, uh, thing. I've I've learned now to my goalkeepers don't just isolate one mistake and then break yeah. it down and like create this whole like mentality that they, they don't know they don't know what they're doing. Like even here, he just like just like sprints and then just gives himself up. It's just one of those weird situations where you keep seeing the same thing happen and just like what is the like what are the mm -hmm. coaches like not talking to him about like what's going on. He's also leaning back, isn't he? As yeah, he's not in a terrible position there. I mean, his, uh, his defender okay. still had a chance. Good lord, he came out. He came out too early. Yeah, because his defender could have helped him. Helped him. So I think he was right on breaking. Well, now we're on a different. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like this. You start seeing more about it. You're just like, oh, oh okay, yeah, this dude. All right, so it's called yeah, I mean, it's, it's called substitution. <laughs> no, he substitution. just like. Drink too much coffee or something. <laughs> did you just and look break at his down, starting point here? Like, he's, look how high he is. <laughs> it's like, and again, damn, dude. Yeah. Oh, my I told you, that's the guy who turned into a WWE, like on steroids. Like, he's that's yoked. Right. That's the so, WWE I don't think I ever want Yeah. I think that, uh, that, on, that, on that 1v1 save, though, the way he came out like that, I've seen Steph make that save, though. That's all I'm going to say. So. Yeah. No, the first, one, the, the first one, that 1v1. Where he came out charging, scaring, scaring, oh. scare, trying to scare the dude. I've seen Steph make that save. So, yeah. But see, his high positions forcing them to try to like bend it up or ninety. Look how many they missed. You know, maybe it's his way of getting <laughs> the striker's head. Forcing it them could to be something awesome. they don't want to do. <laughs> well, I mean, the other thing you can look at it in that is that if he's constantly that aggressive, you know, as a forward, you don't have a lot of time. You know, once that through ball comes, he's gonna be right there. He's gonna be right there. Now we could break down a lot of what he's doing wrong in that situation. But that is something he's gotten into their psyche. And like you said, Steph, they're trying to be behind um, over nine. They're missing a bunch because he is aggressive. So there are some, some positives. I, I literally, <laughs> as, as, as a youth keeper, and obviously this doesn't work once you get to the higher levels, but like as a youth keeper, I literally had a coach tell me, they're like, I don't want you to ever hesitate. I want you to always come straight at the player because they're always scared of you. And like, mm. he's like, because you're a crazy person. Like, I don't know what's wrong with you. There's clearly, clearly something wrong with you. But every time you come out, players freak out. So 
like every time I didn't come out, that goalkeeper, that well, not goalkeeper coach, that, that team coach would tell me like, you know what? We need you to be more aggressive. We need you to be more aggressive. So I don't know. I, th- I think it's, it's a, it's a catch 22. Um, I don't know where I'm going with that. I think I totally lost my tra- train of thought. I think I <laughs> I'm sorry myself. about your experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had a lot of interesting experiences. Um, by the way, um, so let, let's uh, let's start wrapping up here, guys. Uh, thanks for taking all the time. We've gone look, over an hour right here. Uh, Omar, thank you for showcasing all those videos. Um, we're really excited. You guys are getting back to it. You guys have the season starting at the end of the, at the end of the month. I, I'm, I can't believe it. Uh, yeah. It's it's going to be really 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 fun with the the cool <laughs> tournament style. Um, if there's uh, if there's any kids out there who are listening, any any you know young goalkeepers out there who are looking for advice, uh, where's the best place for people to reach out to you guys on social media? Um, for me, it's mm. Sam Lush Murphy. You want to spell that out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. S A M L E S H Murphy M U R P H Y. And Caitlin, you're you're the op- you're backwards, right? Am I? I think it's at Roland, isn't it? Isn't it at Roland, Roland underscore Caitlin? 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 Are we talking about? Are we talking about Twitter? Whichever one you like to give out. Or Inst- probably mm-hmm. Instagram. And I'm pretty okay. sure. I mean, I can look right now. I'm pretty sure Instagram is just. I mean, uh, what do I know? Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's Caitlin uh, underscore Roland. <laughs> That's how much she's on it. And, and, <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't posted in a while, but I, I am on it. So if you do want to reach out, I will see it. So. And Steph, where's your personal assistant? Where's the best place to uh, reach out to your uh, personal yeah. assistant? Uh, <laughs> we'll just go I'm Instagram. her personal assistant, so you can just message uh, me. <laughs> uh, my dog's Instagram is best, Rio underscore LeBay. Oh, wow. I love it. I love it. Oh, I got I to gotta check out he your dog. He will respond. He'll respond. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, awesome guys. Well, guys, remember contacted inside the 18. That's the number 18 media.com. If you have a guest suggestion or a topic suggestion or at goalkeeper podcast on all social media platforms at Saskia underscore Weber at pro GK Academy underscore. That is all the time on inside the 18 and we are out later guys. Insiders, it's Michael. Before we move on to our next segment, want to remind you all to please keep rating and reviewing on iTunes. Literally takes 10 seconds and helps us out tremendously. Plus, we will follow you back and we may read your review on air. Just leave your social media handle in the body. If you don't have an iPhone, steal your friend's iPhone. It's just that easy. Thanks for all your support and on with the show. Welcome to Inside the 18. I'm Michael Majid, live from Palm Desert, California, in my father's kitchen. With me is <laughs> with me is 99 World Cup winner Saskia Weber, also who just took over the Rutgers uh, Instagram. It's the Rutgers takeover. I did. I'm having a good time with that. How did UCLA feel about that, by the way, Sask? Are they, uh, are they okay sh- with it? I'm not allowed to bring. Well, I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to say anything. About that on the Rutgers thing. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha, no, gotcha. I got a thumbs up from my coaches. There you they're go. Like, yeah, but, they're like, yeah, but we got her. So. <laughs> there you go.
There you go. I mean, it, it, look, you have affiliations with, with both. You got to be uh, you got to be loyal to both at the same time. Uh, I'm on joint, the side of a building at Rutgers. I have to be loyal. <laughs> you're not just at the side of a building. You're like a force. Aren't you like four stories tall or something like that? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot going on. I love it when Casey Murphy was on and she was just discussing the fact that she's like every day before we went out on the field, I would have to look, I would look up and I'd see Saskia. So over you. <laughs> uh, joining us is uh, the number one Manchester United fan uh, as of today, uh, Omar Zini, <laughs> also known as Pro GK Academy. <laughs> and, and joining us as well is somebody who's got a much stronger affiliation to Manchester United than anybody here on the podcast right here. We have w Manchester United women's goalkeeper coach Ian Wilcock, who is wondering what he's just signed up for. So. <laughs> Not at all. Crazy Americans. I know we are. We are a little wacky here. Um, Ian, before we start off the show, um, before we kind of get into today's topic, a lot of people who are in the United States may not be familiar um, with the uh, the FA Women's Super League uh, over in the UK. And I know that you guys have kind of gone like through really strong leaps and bounds in regards to a lot of the prominent, you know, uh, you know, for lack of better term, traditional men's. Clubs are now starting to join the league, such as a Manchester United a couple of years ago. Um, so kind of, why don't you kind of break down like what, what the league's all about and kind of what the level is and all that for our, our fans out here? Yeah, we, I mean, Manchester United, had a, they had a women's team years ago um, and it disbanded. And then two years ago, um, it was, funnily enough, only a couple of days ago, is the two-year anniversary of Casey, the manager or the head coach, being installed as, as the head coach. So it's been going two years now, and we've been full time for two years. Um, at the time, it was it was almost like a rebrand um, where there was the championship and then the the top league, the WSL. And from that, it's sort of grown quite strongly. Um, I mean, we we opened up this season at Man City at the Etihad, and there were thirty two, just shot thirty two thousand people there watching, um, which was fantastic. And not just ourselves, but throughout the league um, when there was an opportunity for teams to play at the men's grounds. So, for example, um, they played at the Chelsea played at Stamford Bridge. You know, they were hitting similar targets as well in terms of numbers, 28,000. There were a lot of people coming watching um, and they, 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 they sort of tried capturing it around when the men's, tier, the men's gate team was on international breaks. So we were sort of trying to jump on the back of that to go, Here's an opportunity for for us to, to to come home and see the women's team play, um, and it's really grown. I think the, the the big thing over in Europe now is as well Real Madrid is sort of coming to the party as well, um, so they're going to be quite a strong outfit in a few years' time, if not straight away. Um, Barcelona obviously are in there, Atletico Madrid, Leon being probably one of the best in Europe and the, the European holders at the moment. Um, so it's it, the WSL is growing strong. There's a lot of players now coming in. And, uh, and, it, and it's good to see. Yeah, you know, I mean, one thing that we've discussed on this show quite a bit is the fact that a lot of, a lot of you know, young women out here in the United States, a lot of them don't recognize the fact that if they don't, if there's not an opportunity for them stateside at the, in the NWSL, that there are other opportunities out there and that these leagues are growing and that the, the fan bases, like you were just talking about for that derby between Man City and Manchester United, I mean, those are phenomenal numbers. And, and I've seen the passion. I've seen when, I, when I've watched the, you know, the, the, the games and stuff, because every once in a while they do, they do broadcast them out here. And I know you can catch them on streams. Um, you know, you guys are obviously, you know, you're doing, doing some great stuff. I've seen what you guys are doing in regards to social media. I mean, when you, I mean, 
obviously you've got the brand, but also just the engagement that you guys are doing and really trying to make a connection with the women and, and the, and the fans there, I think is, is huge. So, you know, for, for myself, I mean, I, I, I've been in men's football for a long time and then came across to the women's side, but to go to somewhere like Manchester United and see the, the like you say, the brand that it is and the, and the power that it has is phenomenal. It really is. And I, I mean, think- are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, if you look at me when I, I had to go, we didn't have a pro again, I had to go to Japan to play pro. You're or sweet. There were two options. Tell me I could go play for Man U. <laughs> like, absolutely. Or I could go over to um, France and play. Absolutely. I, it's it's amazing the options that these women that the women have now and what's growing and the, the quality of the leagues that are growing. It's awesome. It's awesome. I w- like part of me wishes that would have been there when I had played. Absolutely. I would have played for Man U. Sorry, Omar. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> I don't want to say I think I, the Arsenal women are good, so I don't I don't wanna They are, yeah. They're pretty good. So you probably would have played for Man U. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Hey, I wanna play at Old Trafford. Are you kidding me? So do you. Don't even joke. No, I, I love Peter Schmeichel, so I think that's where I would probably just say that my, my ties for man, you the, that's as far as they go. All righty, Mike. Yo, so sorry. No, I thought I thought you had something else more 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 pressing. No, no, that's it. He's very upset. I put him on the spot with that. Well, I mean, look, the Arsenal women have had a, a huge, huge run for for a long, long time. I mean, they were one of the kind of the ma- first major clubs in that I remember in the UK, at least, to really start to make yeah. making a mark in the women's game. Am, am I am I wrong about that, Ian? Or no, you're right with that. Um, I mean, there's, 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 there's a lot of talk now in the, in the league below the WSL, the championship. Leicester are now investing well. So nice. they're going to go full-time. So they're looking to push on and, and sort of get out of the, that league and come into our league. Sheffield uh, United are there. So they've got a good, a good push. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a lot of clubs that are, that are now looking to go, oh, well, do you know what? This is something we need to do as well. Well, you know, oh, I... I kind of want to get into this because in regards to the fact that like this is actually how I kind of became, you know, knew about you was uh, Omar, I know, had been on a webinar uh, that you'd been participating in and uh, he had asked a question in regards to uh, dynamic movement and how to help uh, goalkeepers, you know, become uh, more dynamic. I almost said that dynamism, 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 someone, can someone here uh, tell me how to say that? I can't say it. It's, it's hard, but you yeah, be, be more explosive, be able to move and stuff like that. And so, you know, you had recommended hurdles uh, to him, uh, which made me think, oh, my gosh, this is so great because I've kind of, you know, we discussed in the past that they kind of we would love to do an episode in which we're discussing how to properly utilize equipment. Because the thing is, is that a lot of goalkeeper coaches out there, I'll be honest with you. I think when I was a younger goalkeeper coach, I th- threw a bunch of equipment out there and I'm like, oh, if I, 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 it's like top chef. Like I'll find a way to make all of this stuff work basically, right? I got a hurdle, <laughs> I got ladders, I got mannequins and I'm going to make a session out of this right here. As opposed to kind of well, thinking like, don't do that. Here's what you have today. <laughs> I'm sure we will some point. Yeah, no, but like uh, one of the things that I, I, you know, I wanted to kind of bring up with everybody was like, it's important to know why you're utilizing something. So like, Ian, first off, like for some of the people who are listening out there who might be parents who might not be familiar with some of the equipment that we're talking about, like what is a, a hurdle in, from a, a goalkeeper training standpoint? Um, it's not, you, 
you can get them in different sizes. Obviously, you see, see athletes jumping over them. Um, it's, it's, we don't use those. <laughs> they're, they're not something that we'll use. We, in fact, I probably t- I, I'll, I'll actually, that, sorry, that's a lie. I do use quite high ones, but we use them for more a dynamic stretch at the start of a session. So we'll set the hurdles up. Uh, we'll, we'll go quite a high one, then a low one. And they actually squat under the low one and then over the higher, oh, sorry, over the, over the high, under the high one and then over the lower one. Um, more to do with hip mobility and, and, and sort of like general movements like that. We do use smaller ones as well, um, mainly for crossing. So I really like them for crossing because you can set them out. We'll only do, we, we can do a set of eight, a set of four, but just the, the probably what? A couple, a couple of inches tall. It's just to get people going off the floor, move, move them off the floor, really. I, I, I've never heard that before. Has have you, either one of you guys ever, ever heard that before in regards to using the hurdles? That's awesome, man. Like, so, so you actually use it for like the pre-movements, essentially. It's all like the dynamic stretches and things like that. So Yeah, right around the hip, the hip complex and sort of really squatting down to get under and then back up. So you're opening the joints up and then over the, the next one. So we utilize them quite well that way in the warm-up. Is that something that you came up with or is that something that like, you know, uh, one of like the sports performance coaches recommended to you and so you started using it? It's a bit of both really. This, this thing, and, and that's the, the, the beauty of, of where, you know, at Manchester United, we can tap into people, you know, at the club that have got vast amounts of knowledge. Um, and to sort of complement yours really, We've got a really good PPC that works with us, strength and conditioning coach that works with us. And we'll bounce ideas around all the time. And I'll say, right, what do you think of this? Is there anything you'd change? Would you add something? Would you take anything away? There's, there's things we've got not. We're not keen on that. We'll bring that in. And then we'll play around with certain things. Because, again, the big thing for me is what works for one person might not work for somebody else. Individually and go, right, that works. Yes, I want this for all of them. But they're going to do certain parts of it. But at some point, that's going to be more beneficial than it is to her. She needs something a little bit more or perhaps even a higher hurdle to get over at certain points. Yeah, no, we, we, we've, talked, we've talked about that. And I think that's one of the things that's really important that you're bringing up right there is that every goalkeeper has different needs. So if you're always focusing on the, uh, the fact that, you know, this is what we're doing for the warm-up, no matter who it is who we're training – that then you're going to kind of miss out on it and stuff like that. So, um, like Saskia, I know you're really big on, on dynamic movement, for instance, and, and you love your goalkeepers to be able to move and move and move. So can you kind of explain like kind of what you mean by that? Cause I think sometimes, you know, younger goalkeepers get confused as we always talk about them being very literal and they think explosive means exploding as opposed to mobility. No, mobility is it's, I'm a big, you know, footwork, 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 period. Um, I, I've always said, number one save you can make is no save at all. Number two is on your feet. Like, get get there. Cover the ground, get set. We went over it the other day um, about, you know, how to make those little adjustments with your feet. It's like a dance, in a sense. Like, how to make those little adjustments with your feet um, to get yourself into the right position to make the easiest save possible. And that comes from mobility. It comes from footwork. And then the explosiveness, the explosiveness isn't needed in a sense unless something really dynamic happens. And so, you know, I work on that, but I work on that in the contest, in the context of moving. 
So it's how are you moving? How is the ball flowing? Everything's game game oriented and game like. How are you moving across the ball? Are you is your footwork proper so that when that shot's about to happen, you're set and you can have nice explosive movement, make the save nice and easy. Yeah, you know, um, Omar, I know that when you, for lack of a better term, you know, you were brought up in a, a traditional South American, you know, background before before you got to the LA Galaxy Academy, and there was a lot of movement work in there. Um, there was a lot of hurdle work. Um, I know that for when you went to the LA Galaxy Academy, they kind of, you know, refrained from using any sort of that equipment. They wanted you to, for lack of a better term, you know, uh, focus on just your footwork, just shuffling and everything like that. And then as you got older, you started reincorporating those types of devices into your, into your sessions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, again, it's uh, like Saskia said, and like Ian said, it's, it's super important to understand why you're doing something. And mm-hmm. um, I think it's, it's, you know, as coaches too, you're peeling back all the different layers of, okay, quick footwork leading into an actual extension dive. Okay, well, their footwork, it looks good, but their extension is not powerful enough. Okay, let's try and isolate that, but not isolate it in so much where the technique doesn't make sense and they don't know how to transfer that technique and use it in an actual game-like situation. So it's like being creative with the, the equipment that you have, but also trying to make it as game realistic as you can while getting what your priority is and what you're trying to execute uh, in that exercise. So I think growing up, uh, my goalkeeper coaches, you know, it's definitely high flying and trying to get over certain things. But as I've gotten older, I started to realize... <laughs> I love how, the, love how you, when you said high flying, I literally I, like, just... I like looked at my desk next to me and I was like, do I have to do a power dive over the desk right now? <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's my uncle Remember used to be my goalkeeper days? coach. Yeah. Well, so my uncle used to be my goalkeeper coach and there were times where he had to wrap his knee with like a, a ACE bandage after training because he had, you know, he had knee... knee uh, knee soreness but before he used that he put it on you know between two poles you know mo- talking about using equipment the right way he's multi-purposing a bandage wrap and he's putting it up and we're having i know i know and we're having to dive over this thing and then sometimes like ian said you know in the warm-up getting used to getting underneath certain things and you know now i'm kind of like reflecting on those movements and i'm like well i don't know if that was his intention but if i were to ever use this what could i tell my goalkeepers this is working on okay so it's it's the the prep step movement and kind of shuffling, you know, pushing off your off foot and then transferring that weight to your plant foot and then letting yourself go. And then for me too, it was like when I put the, the, the two poles with, you know, hurdle too, when you put those two poles, you're leaving a certain space in the goal for the goalkeeper to actually dive over and cover. So are we also working on, you know, transferring the weight from the off leg to the plant leg and then, you know, pulsing and right. going, but also to positional and spatial awareness of, okay, you, this is your body length. So you need to know exactly where you need to take off from so that you can cover a short shot that didn't, wasn't hit all the way to the corner, but also too, where your body's ready to push off and extend to that far post as well. So th- that, that process really got into my head and I subconscious of, okay, this is why I'm doing it. This is what it looks like. So let me see if I can create it and put that scenario in front of the goalkeeper without you know, isolating it too much where if it doesn't happen perfectly, like you know, the, the way we were doing it in a drill, they're not lost. So I think that's super important. I think, again, um, that's the skill of the coach to understand how to convey a message, but at the same time, too, within the message, not the actual, you know, certain things can get lost within that message. Yeah, so you know, I want to I bring up something else, and Ian, I don't know if you agree with this, but my, my whole thing is I need natural body movement. I, I, I don't – I want you to be an athlete. I want you to understand how to get from point A to point B athletically. How would you get there? Are you going to shuffle across? You know, I hate when you see kids, like, again, the literal, literal thing. Shuffle, 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 shuffle. <laughs> because we told them to shuffle. 
No, get across a goal. Just run. You're an athlete. Go. Get across there. And then your last, like, three steps, your preparation steps into what you have to do, gather your body, gather your momentum, gather whatever you have to do to deal with the situation. But yeah. it's not little. It's not shuffle, 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 shuffle. You know, crossover, crossover, crossover. It's like be an athlete. Be an athlete. And I, I'm very hardcore on that. No, I agree. And I think it, it's, it's then how we teach that as well. Mm-hmm. So it's then to say, I mean, we, our, my terminology is arrive under control. So you've got to get from A to B as quick as you can because that yeah. ball travels faster than you do. <clears throat> so when you get from A, well, sorry, when you go from A to B and you're arriving at B, you've got to arrive under control. So what does that look like? Do you know what I mean? And, and a lot of people will carry on. And for me, so when you analyse goals many years, going back a few years, you see a lot of people still travelling across mm-hmm. or goes back the other way. Yeah. And then it's still that movement and, and, and it's more a, a flop than a dive. <laughs> travelling almost. You, you, does that make yeah. sense? Absolutely. Travelling and it's, it's working on those braking mechanisms to go, right, I've got to go from A to B quickly. But then what does it look like when I get to B? I've got to make sure I arrive under control and I slow down. And it's teaching the, the, the parts in between. That's the key for me. And I think as, as good as hurdles are at certain points, I think your natural foot movement without anything there is the, is, is the key thing. You know, you can attack bungee cords. I find bungee cords are really good for that because they've got to go against the resistance to then break where something's trying to pull them the other way. So they've really got to work on the stability and arriving under control. Um, but I, I totally agree. They've got to be athletic to get from A to B. Yeah. I think my, my thing uh, with the hurdles are that the only time I use them, whether I use really low ones, is it's that pop. It's to instigate that pop. It's that set pop, set pop, you know, set pop. And it's not something – you're not jumping when you're setting. God, that's not what I'm teaching, but it's that immediate, it's understanding timing and that immediate reaction of I've set and now I have to go. I've set and now I have to go. You don't want a goalkeeper that sets, now they're hanging out, and now they go. Okay, because that's when you get the double set. That's when um, they're just basically stuck in cement. Um, so you want to teach that movement. So it's usually, for me, it's usually like some sort of a footwork whether it's a shuffle, shuffle, or whatever, into a low, low hurdle where it's just like to get them into that like rhythm of I'm setting and I'm going, I'm setting and I'm going. And so that that's really the only time I use the hurdles is to just get that rhythm. Omar, did you yeah. say you want, you want to say anything? No, yeah. I mean, to, to both their points, I think I'm, I'm working with a young girl right now and one of her biggest things, you could tell she's never really worked on game-like stuff because she doesn't know when to set like the visual cues just aren't making sense to her. So there are times where I'm like taking a touch and then she's still moving. And like Ian said, like she doesn't know how to counter, counter, have those counter movements under control. And, you know, I'm showing her the film and I'm trying to understand her, trying to understand her thought process and having her kind of, you know, not regurgitate, but like tell me what she feels in those moments. And it's still not working. So I don't know, you know, my, my question to everybody on the panel here is just like, when that happens, I don't want to overcoach it where I'm like, I felt like today I had it this morning and I was like, I was showing her and and stopping the session one too many times to tell her that, Hey, can we not be moving when I shoot the ball? And she's like, well, I don't feel like I am, but I'm like, yeah, but she's not, she's not watching you. 
True, but I'm see- so what I'm saying is, do I keep stopping the session or do I let the session go, allow her to continue to mess up, keep it on film, and then create this log of data what for I her do, to be like, I, okay. What I do when I feel like people aren't stopping, like I fake. Like, so I'll be coming across, across, coming across, and I go to shoot. There they go. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm setting the shoot. What do you do? You're still moving into position. And like we said um, the other day, you know, it's better to be out of position and set, you know, than still moving. And so, like, I'll fake. And I'll be like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? And so yeah, but even, even after that, like, what if, it. if they don't, I guess everybody, like, if they don't get it. Like, I've done that a few times where I, like, I hit it off the rebounder. It comes to me. I chest it down. I put my foot on it. And they're still kind of, like, she's inching forward. Oh, I want to watch like, that. Yeah, and I'm just like, um, hey, I like I'm about to rebound it. I chest it down, <laughs> then I stop it. All right. When it's one on when it's one on one sessions, it's very difficult. I, I, but yeah, no, I think. Um, so my question, I know, I know you have the professional goalkeepers that you train. When you have someone who may be going through some stuff, and you're trying to implement certain foundational pieces into them, are you stopping the session, or do you kind of is that a skill set of the coach of like, okay, I've told you enough times, let's just let you kind of sit in this for a day, and you just figure it out on the fly. I think that that's a big part of it for me is I, I quite, I call it a pinch point. So what I'm looking for is the goalkeeper to have that point where they go, I've recognized that now. How long that is, who knows? Mm. That's, that's down to that person. And, and again, you as the coach to, to point the information out. So like you're saying, if you've got it on film and you keep showing it and say, right, it might be worth just sending her away with it and saying, right, go on, tell me your thoughts every time. And it's having the camera in different positions as well. So having it from her perspective and perhaps behind her so she can see when you're about to strike it, yeah. but also from behind you. So when you're just about to hit the ball, what does it look like from, from your perspective and what does it look like for her? Mm. But it's trying to get to that point again of the skill set of a coach is what went wrong then. I, I, I love what you just said there, Ian. I, I'd honestly never thought about that before in regards to the multi-camera angles, in regards Absolutely. to having, having a camera behind goal and then having a camera forward from striker's perspective as well too so they can kind of showcase. And, and I mean, see, that, that's, that's literally why we do this show is because I just, just uh, selfishly I want to learn. Because, yeah, <laughs> because Michael's learning every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you've got a phone or you've got, a, you know, if you, you use your phone as I mean, we, I buy them off eBay, just a little tripod that's about this big, and like three or four pounds, you know, three or four euros are, are, are sort of uh, currency. And you can buy a little clamp for it as well, and you can set that up as well. If you've got like a GoPro as well, you can use double two, two different angles to, to video things from as well. Yeah, I, I want to yeah. talk, talk about this because what you're talking about in regards to using the hurdles in Saskia, I love what you said in regards to I'm not using the hurdles for them to like bound. Like you were talking about like being like, like, like athletics, right? Like you're not, you don't want them to like literally be hurtling over them and yeah. bounding. And I think that's one of the problems that we, I see a lot of times in sessions. And I was guilty of it when I was a younger goalkeeper coach too. I would make the bound way too big. Then they'd set and it was such a, such a high drop. It's not realistic to the game whatsoever. I so mean, go ahead. Sasha. No, who's doing that? Like, I mean, but people are though. I, I see. I see. Have you unless been I'm on YouTube? Jumping, unless I'm jumping over Omar after he like trips <laughs> or something and having to land and dive, it's not going to happen. So for yes, you're right. So I utilize it more for just to just to integrate that quick tri- twitch muscle, like boom, 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 yeah. that rhythm. 
the low one, for sort of, we, we'll get them jumping forward, but also we get them jumping backwards over it, so to, to vary their set position. Yeah. They've got and to then feel their, their balance in terms of ooh, how... I gotta do that one. And again, like you're saying, Saskia, it's only a small one, we're probably looking at... Yeah, you're looking at super low. Not even that. I mean, yes, I mean, for me, plyometrics, we, as goalkeepers, we do plyometrics <laughs> in a session anyway. So why add a massive hurdle to get over? That, that's just me personally, because you do all that in the gym with the S&C coach. Mm. So we can add that in there. Right. Or we, as a goalkeeper, in a session, whether you're in a phase of play or a small side again, you're taking off, your movements are quick, they're explosive all the time. There's enough goes on in there where you don't, for me, you don't really need to add the high hurdles to mm. jump up. And again, like you said, Saskia, it's to load that set position so they feel different positions to then explode from there yeah no i i it's a I, rhythm it's a rhythm you're teaching them it's like yeah. a dance move honestly it That's really what is i said like goalkeeping yeah. i always say that sometimes i'm like goalkeeping it's like it's like dance moves it's like teaching footwork is dance moves and that in my opinion and i agree with you 100 percent it's not about i'm not here to teach you your plyometrics i'm not here to do that we're not out here doing like clean and jerks or whatever you want to do i'm here to teach you a rhythm and understand your power how to set boom body weight forward so you can react in a certain angle quick go quick go you know am i yeah. oh no go, go ahead omar no so again uh, to, to everybody's point i think what we're trying to get at and trying to get it back to the topic mike is that you can do so many things that will put you at a disadvantage that you can never actually use the technique and those little dance moves. You talk about like actual like plant and push because of the way you're prepping to, to act the actual shot. So that's like the beauty of too of like teaching the kids of like, yes, we're going to teach you how to do the not hurdle work, but like, you know, uh, you know, put that weight on your plant foot and really extend yourself. But if you don't get set, you're never going to be able to mm -hmm. actually put that foot in the ground. So I think that's, that's, that's that holistic approach when it comes to goalkeeping, letting the kids know of like, you can have all the athleticism in the world. You can be great at everything, but if you don't know how to use that athleticism and then convey that in the right way to, to make a save, then you're never, ever going to be, you know, at that next level because there's going to be somebody who couples everything, the awareness of when to get set, and then from there, the athleticism really, really shows. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many goalkeepers I've seen just personally in, in my life who in sessions that are not game realistic look absolutely amazing because they're phenomenal athletes and they've basically their bodies have that neuromuscular response like that muscle memory is there for them to make these activities do it over and over again and the regular Navas there yeah well well I mean I, I don't know if I want to go that far in regards to Kayla Navas <laughs> being a, a guy who who doesn't know how to play the game um, oh no not that way yeah <laughs> I just meant like okay can, can I show you guys an exercise yeah, that I saw well, hold, Saskia? On, hold on really quick because I'm gonna bring something back up to the other day. Okay. okay, before you play this, okay, and we're gonna go back to um, the the save of Guzan, right? Should I bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> so again, my issue with this is I understand everybody's like he's tall, he's pushing out, maybe he's pushing off of his back leg. My issue is he set after the shot, after the ball was hit. And so his only way to make up for it was set way, and he pushed off his back leg. And, and that is the rhythm I'm talking about. It's being one step. My opinion with that is it, it's one step sooner, one quick twitch sooner. Maybe he gets two hands to that, and maybe it's not a corner. That's my mentality. 
and you know I'm a pain in the butt, and you know that I'm really opinionated, and I probably I'll let Ian. I'll let Ian watch it. Okay. Okay. So he's. I think he sets late off the off the shot too wide, and he pushes off of his back leg. It's a great save. I'm not taking that away from him, but if we were really to break it down and analyze it, I think watch he pushes off. Boom! Back leg collapses the the close leg, and he gets one hand to it. I think if he sets this a half a second, a, half, a split second sooner, and gets the power off the front leg, he might be able to get two hands to it and make the save. Now it's not important. Well, that's what we said. Go ahead, Ian. Go ahead. Play that back as slow mo from behind the goal. Sure. So for me, when he for me, if you watch his right foot, he get, he's at, his pulsing is quite good. So now he's under control, but now. Right. That's when his right foot goes out. Mm-hmm. That widens his base. That means his left foot can't shift. Exactly. Yeah. But isn't that... But it, go ahead, Ian. In an ideal world, he does stay narrow, but sometimes people have these... Within, within moments, within split seconds, it, yes, Saskia, I'm a totally th- uh, perfectionist. I'm the same. Okay, thank you. I'm a perfectionist. I'm not taking it away from him. He made the same. Keep the ball out of the net. I'm fine. <laughs> totally agree. These little details that can make a big difference. Do you know what I mean? That can make a massive difference to, to not just him, but, but anybody that's learning the game, that's watching things and mm-hmm. learning from things like this. Um, I mean, we use, we use a, you know, the, the small fitness trampolines. Yeah. We, we use those in, in pre-act and we're doing a lot of work with them now in terms of pulsing. So when he travels and gets oh. into position... Their actual recoil off the trampoline, we try and stop them from the the, the, the trumpet, forcing them back up, so they've got to have more control to oh, stay wow. as well. So oh. it's just something that I've worked on over a few years, a little bit of just playing with different ideas with it, and uh, we've put a little program together that we're that we're trying out now in the off season that starts next week with them. But again, it's just trying to keep them in positions. For me, things like that on the training ground. We, you know, the little ankle bands that you get that people use in activation where they do glute band side steps and things like that. Yeah. I've used, I use it all the time. I'll put it around people's ankles in a session. I go, right, I'm going to hit a shot because I can see the feet are going wide. And as soon as they split the feet, they can't dive properly. So we'll try and keep them compact to the point where you're bringing it in too narrow but I want them to feel that narrowness to go, right, this is what it feels like. This is what mm. I want it to like. And yes, you can't dive. You want to dive, but because you're narrow, the band won't take you out, but your foot still wants to go, which is what I want. Right. So it's utilize again, it's not necessarily hurdles. It could be any equipment that you've got that you can, I, I can go, I've got a, an ankle band in that bag. I'm just going to go and grab that and use that because I see she's splitting her feet wide and that's killing her. So, so Ian, I, I have a question for you in regards to this because I absolutely love what you're saying. And that trampoline thing, I've never seen that before. So do you – not in boots, right? They're, they're on flat feet? Yeah, okay. yeah. Try, okay. Try. Okay, because I've, I've never seen that one before. And I, I literally – I just – when you said that, I'm like, I want to try that today. But I don't have a small champ, trampoline. And I also don't have anybody to train out here in the desert. So uh, it would be very difficult. I might just have to do it for myself. Uh, try, to, try to go to a sporting goods store. I think that's quite important that for me at times is coaches try things because you feel what it's like at the time. So if you've got a new, like a new idea or something, you think, you know, I wonder if that works, try it yourself. So I, I, I tried all the, everything that we've sent out, I've tried beforehand 
So I filmed myself doing the session, doing, doing the drills and then sent out. But before I did, I was like, does this feel right? Is this what I want from it? Or I've tried a lot of, a lot of things and by process of elimination, I've gone, don't like that one. That doesn't work. That one works. Oh, I like this one. But if I do that, it works better because I get that effect from it. So it's working through, it's, it's trying it yourself as a coach sometimes by process of elimination and going, I quite like that. No, I'm not keen on that. All right, Sask, you got to put the mitts back on. Yeah. <laughs> you, got no, you got no choice. Uh, according, <laughs> according to oh you. God, just to go back, Omar, how old's the I'm build? kidding. Absolutely. And I was doing wall work and everything like that. It's just, um, yeah, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> a little slow. <laughs> she's, uh, Ian, she's 15. 15. How old am I? No, no. Yeah, Saskia's no, no. 15. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, Let me show you. Can, can, I, can I show you guys real quick just for advice you guys can give me? <laughs> okay, so this is, this is her. And this is what I tell her. I'm like, if you want to use your athleticism, you need to be able to like, get set. So she still like, moves. So you guys can see that again. Mm -hmm. Like as the shot's coming, hold on, hold on. as the shot is coming, she moves to her left. And then that's why he said that she's almost like pulling off, getting pulled into a chair or getting her chair pulled under from underneath her. Omar, did you set up a sporting yeah, but store all her, all her weights on her heels. <laughs> yeah, she sits. Why she, her weight's on her heels. That's why she can't react. She's, all her weight is on her heels. Oh, yeah. She's way see? back. See how she's, she's way back. back. When she gets stuck and not able to dive, it's because she's on her heels. Look. But also, too, it's because I think she's moving, no? No, like, I feel but, like she's yeah, still, but, like, watch her move. She's still moving. No. And it's really, really hard. She's on she's her heels. She's, well, she's, she, she, I think she's, she's set there. Set on her heels. Everything's backwards. Look at her shape. Look at her shape, Omar, too. Look at her shape. She's not in a positive position. Even though her shoulders are forward, her arms are still back. And because she's also – she's in a quarter squat, but she's bending – she no, but nothing goes forward. She's like not drop, but she's not dropping. She's bending as opposed to dropping. And see, it, and knee, knee first. She's on her heels the whole time. Set, look at her so she, heels. So that's better. God, a little why, bit, but still is, on her heels. This is making me want to get up. But the thing is, is like this she's is like, yeah, she's she gets she's, to the point where too like she's like jumps wide a lot, and that's where I'm like trying to fix it too, where she gets like all this heavy weight going forward, and then her like feet jump wide, and she's like stuck. Watch you see here. This poor girl, by the way, she knows you're doing this, right? I show her this stuff all the time. So that's oh, what I'm saying. Like, I show okay. it to her. Oh, she knows. Yeah, I, I show it to her. I showed it to her today. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I didn't want to overwhelm her. I felt really like, see, like right there. That's why like these, these like game like stuff, I'm getting, I'm getting so much excitement out of it now. Cause I'm like, really sure. There's yeah, a lot of things on, that she's watch doing wrong. How, watch how wide her stance is. She second, she double sets. Watch how wide her stance is. Boom. And she's on her, she's flat footed. She's got nothing. She can't get to that. She's got exactly. no, she's got no explosion. She needs to set now. See how she, see, see, so see how she's still so moving. Yeah. See how she's still moving. She's like inching forward and doesn't know when to set. And that's where I'm like, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm, I'm telling her, but like, I don't know if she's not I seeing it. Feeling. Hold on. I, th I, th I think, I think, I think it's to also say the width. Go ahead, Ian. It's about putting cones in front of her where you wanted to, you don't want it to go any further forward. Cause on this one for me, Ooh, I like that. she doesn't need to be as far forward. So she, at the time, she's almost killing a reaction time. 
because of how quick the football travels nowadays and, and the guy who invented the first night ball was a goalkeeper, thanks very much. <laughs> really quickly. So, like, you know, the, the balls travel so much quicker now than they used to. We want to try and get as much reaction time as we can. So by playing deeper into the goal or deeper towards the line, we maximise the time. But for me, in this instance, on the angle, it might be worth just putting three or four cones in front of her. So where you want her to get to, it might be, it might be six to the line. Do you do it on an angle? No, yeah. I, I literally just put them straight in front straight of her. Straight in front of her? Okay. So what it'll stop then, as soon as she wants to jump forward, she'll mm -hmm. jump into the cone. Yeah, yeah. I usually do it, but I do it kind of on a weird like angle. But just yeah. to give them that idea of if you're if you're trying to save this ball on your set behind this, you're gonna get beat up. The other yeah. thing to put a phone there so she doesn't jump on a phone. That'll stop kids from jumping. That'll stop <laughs> kids on the phone. No, you're right. No, I, so Ian, are you saying it's more of a more of a subconscious thing because of the visual aid right there is just her body naturally is not going to want to to go past that barrier, quote unquote? It will, it will to begin with, because she'll want to jump forward, which is what at the moment she naturally does there. And she splits the feet, so she goes forward and mm -hmm. side. So it's almost creating something that is, there's a, uh, what kind of, there's like a, there's a cue there for her. When it happens, she will feel that happen, but she'll also hear it as well, because if you step on a cone, you hear it. Mm -hmm. You hear it, you hear it, you know, you hear the tap. So it's almost creating something where, you know, again, for me, we, we work on height. So we, used to, we, we want to maximize the height that the girls have um, and get them as, as, not necessarily as tall as they can be, but within a, good, a strong base as well. Um, I've, got, I've got one I've used for years. Do you like McDonald's? And the kids normally go, yeah, show me, hold your McDonald's tray. And they go like that. They go, perfect. Now put your palms facing each other. There you go. There's your set position for your hands. So he's having them further out in front. Some kids go, oh, oh, yeah. like McDonald's. So then I go down the line, do you like Subway? Do you like KFC? Do you like, you know, because some don't like McDonald's. But it's just triggering <laughs> little you can use to go, this is what it looks like. This is an easy way of doing it. So if her hands disappear again and come behind her, you go, where's your McDonald's tray? You just drop your Big Mac on your, know, if you like it, she might like a Big Mac or fried milk what you can you can take it where you want to right hold your tray what's on your tray don't drop your tray only for the football yeah as soon as you let go your hands come back you've lost your tray now your hands are going <laughs> to the it's little things like that, that you can use, i find you can use with kids that just trigger them to go ah my hands need to be here yeah and i think that's even with the cone stuff i was thinking about like you know i said we talking about the quarantine and we learned all this new stuff and one of the biggest things was like yeah make it as game realistic as we can don't have any false environments and i think there are going to be times where you kind of are explaining it enough and you kind of have to bring those not false environments but like i said bring the cones out so they have a visual cue so that maybe once you're able to take off the training wheels with those you know cones eventually they're like oh i now i know where i am in the goal and this is because of yeah Absolutely. That, I've used it this year. We, we signed a Norwegian girl um, in pre-season. She trained with us over in Norway. We, we signed her and she liked to really get down the line of the ball. On the angle as well, she was sort of like two yards beyond where I'd like her. And I did it in pre-season, got cones out and put them along so she wouldn't go further forward and it stopped her. And we only probably had there two, two or three days, but again, the learning capacity of the person as well. And how long you need them there for. You might have to leave them there for two weeks. You might have to leave them there for a day. 
you might only have to leave them there for two reps and then she's got the concept or you know the player's got the concept it's plays you know it's knowing your player as well to go right I might need to bring them back out at some point just to recap it with them I'm, I'm glad you brought that up Ian because I think that's one mistake that a lot of goalkeeper coaches make in regards to they're so stuck in this is what I planned for today and <laughs> if it's either wor- working and there's no need to stay there you know, but like I've already, but I've, but I've already said it's tw- we're going to be spending 20 minutes on this progression right here. Yeah, but they've already got it. You're better off moving on and going to that next step. Or, you know, in, you know, in contrast to that, that you're moving on to the next progression and they're not even close to there. You know, like you're talking about the set hand position right there with the hands right there. And you're like, you're moving on like as if they've already got that. And now you're implementing the, the rest of it. So, um, I, I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Like what's some advice you give to like, you know, younger goalkeeper coaches um, who, who like are scared to, to stay too long on, on a topic or to, to move on too quickly. Sometimes the best sessions are the ones that aren't planned. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, you've got all good intensive going from there to there to there. And all of a sudden you, you, you end up over here. And by the end of it, when you review it, you go, that was actually really good that and I've gone completely way off where I wanted to go with it and I've gone somewhere else but do you know what? it was really beneficial for them and it's I think for me is a coach is being adaptable you've got to be adaptable within the session you know you might have you might get told by your head coach you've got 30 minutes with the goalkeepers after 10 minutes they're going I need them yeah <laughs> you've got to be adaptable and, and they might give you the, they'll give you a five minute one and go Wilco, I need him after five minutes. I need him in five more minutes. Right, okay. In my head, then I've got to go, right, I just need to ramp it up a little bit. And it's great because you get the warning, you know, you get five-minute warning, you're going, right, okay, no problem. I've not got that 20 minutes. And it's then how, how you adapt as you coach to go, right, what does the next part look like? You know, my favorite part is like when they give you like that five minute wrap up and it's been like 45 minutes and you're like, it was supposed to be five minutes. They're like, yeah, no, it's another, that's another five minutes. Or they're like five minutes and they're like, all right, God, goalkeepers. You're like, wait, what? You just said five minutes. Head no, coaches. The, 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 the great part, I mean, our head coach, Casey, she's fantastic. She, you know, we sit down in the morning, we'll all plan what we're doing, what, how long until the goalkeepers are needed that generally never changes. It might be five minutes longer, 10 minutes longer, a couple of minutes earlier. It's very meticulous in terms of the planning. And in terms of what I can get in, it's, it, I know pretty much structured time as to how long I've got. That's same. great. That's brilliant. Yeah, same thing. But you might have to tweak things on the, on the go as you're doing something and you go, do you know what? What if I did that drill? What if I try that? Would that have a better effect than where it was going to go? Do you know what I mean? You might see things. And again, for me, that's experience. As you get more experience as a coach, you'll see those pictures where you go, do you remember that drill you did two years ago? That might help in this instance. Do you know what I mean? And it's, 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 it's your experience as a coach to get to that point, I think. I, I think that's so, so, so important because a lot of times I think that ourselves as goalkeeper coaches, we forget what, last year was or last season last season was and we're always trying to start fresh as opposed to recognizing oh wait I'm starting to see patterns from last season already okay now what did I do last season because I'll be honest with you guys and I don't I know you guys are way more organized than I am but I will forget sessions that I've done I will absolutely forget sessions that I've done (laughs) 
And I'll be like, why am I having these same problems? I'm like, if only there was a way I could do this. And then like somehow I'll find some old piece of paper or something like that. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, have I done this before? Yeah. Let, me, let me show you this. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh. Wait, hold on. It's not going to be a screen share like Omar, right, though? Oh, we got, oh, we got, whoa. Oh, old stop school. it. The old disk drive. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So there's little cards there that sessions are on. There's old sessions. <laughs> look, at, look at Omar. He's like. <laughs> I have my collection in my, in my drawer. <laughs> I have so many notebooks around the house. It's not even funny. It's like, I'd be like, oh, 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 oh. And there's that one. Oh, and I'll like flip through it. I'm like, oh. But it's great in, in times like this. It's been I great. Could, I could probably pull out 10 right now. <laughs> um, I want to talk about injury because uh, this is something that I think is, is one of the biggest issues when, when goalkeepers, you know, Omar had, like I was joking, a sporting goods store out there with all that equipment. But I know Omar was using it properly in regards to all that equipment. Um, I feel a lot of goalkeeper coaches out there, they overdo it with their sessions because they're trying to incorporate all these things. And like you were talking about, Ian, um, you know, they've been doing this stuff with the strength coach, you know, uh, out back. And, and now you're putting them through the same, the same paces. The body can only take so much. So at what moment can you tell, Oh, I need to, I need to kind of, I need to slow it down or, you know, obviously I'm sure you're in great communication with them. Um, but understand kind of the limits of their body. Uh, I think it's your eyes. If you've not got the, the beauty of GPS and, you know, so I know there's, uh, one of the goalkeeping coaches in the Premier League down at Bournemouth, they do a lot of work around GPS, um, specifically goalkeeping. Um, for me, your eyes tell you a lot. If you're if you can see that she's struggling, or you know your goalkeeper's fatigued, you're going right. Okay, I wanted that from it, but I didn't want it to get like that. I didn't want it to get into that state because what does the next part look like? Am I going to really blow her up in the next part because I'm going into crossing? And I wanted to do six reps, eight reps, whatever it is you're going to. I think it's, we, we do need them to be robust as well in terms of being able to perform on a, a Sunday and then a Wednesday, um, which is our aim. Obviously, we're aiming to get into the Champions League in the next next two years, two, three years. You know, they're going to then play Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, most weeks of the season. So we need them to be robust. But I think your eyes tell you a lot as well. And, one thing that we're sort of monitoring this season coming up is um, how they feel they performed after each session and we're going to create graphs for it. But again, the level of difficulty, what it looks like after. So if they give an RPE of say an eight, tomorrow might have to be a six or a five in terms of just bringing the tempo down and, and the intensity down on it. But I think within a session, I think your eyes are the biggest learner for me in terms of knowing what your goalkeeper's like, knowing where they're at, and being able to manage that within. Um, I, I think that, you know, that is, uh, I mean, really, really simplistic. I think one of the problems that I've seen in regards to that is the ego. I think coach's ego gets in the way and they go, no, no, I can fix this. I can make this work rather than recognizing like, it might just not, it's not going to happen today. It's not going to happen today. We always are trying to, you know, or a coach, a team coach coming over and being like, well, I thought I told you I needed to work on blah, blah, blah today. You know, and that, that, that miscommunication where, you know, you say, uh, oh, he said, yeah, but you know, to be honest with you, I just don't think they're at that level of that today. And then the coach 
being willing to listen to you and realize that you know what you're doing. Obviously, you're, you're coaching at an extremely high level, but a lot of coaches out there are working with at youth clubs where it might not necessarily be as professional. Um, so I think it's great for them to hear from somebody like yourself because then they can relay that information back and be like, hey, you know, Ian Wilcock at Manchester United said this or, you know, and then they can blame you. They don't have to blame, you know, that goalkeeper. <laughs> I feel like every time you say Manchester United, um, Omar has like, an, he, like he a like tick. Cringe, he like, yeah, he, yeah. he has a tick. <laughs> He's like, oh, there's that name again. <laughs> Did you but ever I think? Take, I have to take a photo of this for like history. So like, I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking a screenshot. No. So it's behind you. Oh my God. <laughs> Did you ever think there'd be a red devil behind you, Omar? Exactly. Uh, no, but. <laughs> yeah, throw it in your face every once in a while. That'll be my new screenshot in the background. <laughs> Bam! Just, just the just the, just the You've got a, a, a head coach as well that's understanding because there's, there's times where I've gone, she's done enough, I'm going to send her in. Mm-hmm. You know, during a session, I've gone, you did it, you had a, a big game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You've had off Tuesday, it's going to be light. And she goes into the session Tuesday and you go, done. See you later. Going off the grass, you're done. And, and, and it's, it's the communication with you and the head coach as well. But it's also knowing your player and knowing the, what's gone on and where you're up to. And again, I think sometimes it's, it is like you've said before, sometimes it might be the, you know, I've worked with head coaches before where they've gone, now I want them out on the grass. Need them out here. Need them out here. You know, two days later, they've got injured. And it could be from that session. It might not be. We didn't have the evidence to back that up. But there was nothing there. But it could have been, in, in, you know, when I've worked in the, in the men's side. Um, but it's, it's important that you've got that understanding with you and your head coach to go, nope, she's done enough. I'm going to send her in. She, she, she's fatigued today. It's important to do that, I think. I think a lot of it, a lot of it is a lot of times is like head coaches, like when they get the goalkeepers too early, like they, it throws their session off. So they don't, they're like, I don't know how to incorporate this goalkeeper. And that's just a lack of coaching education, in my opinion. I think, you know, we, we've talked about this on this podcast, how important it is. And, and kudos to any team coach that listens to the show um, to learn more about the goalkeeping position, because I think it's extremely important that you understand how whenever you get an activity, how the, you can find a way to incorporate the goalkeeper into it um, because of, of situations like you're talking about right there, Ian. Yeah, Mike, I think, I think the biggest thing you taught me too was like the difference between a goalkeeper coach and a goalkeeper, just a trainer. And I think mm-hmm. that was the, the trainer one is you don't have those experiences to understand, like Ian saying, to use the visual cues of like, okay, my goalkeeper had a tough game yesterday. So me, maybe the idea of the session is good, but the timing is completely off. So maybe I, like Mike, Mike said, the ego, just put the ego aside. Like, you know what? Maybe I was off. Maybe I was a little wrong today. Maybe I misjudged this. Okay, we'll do this another time. But it's just like understanding that the experiences and why coaches like Ian, Saskia, Mike, you as well, like get paid the way they do. And like, there's a certain level of, of experience that needs to, to understand not just the, the training side, but the actual like caring of the player and what their best interest is. I mean, look, I, I'll, 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 be, I'll, I'll be non-self-deprecating I'll be, for a I'll second right here. I'll be really honest. I don't know what paycheck you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> My goalkeeper coach used to always say, like, every time he would, he, would make, he, would make, he would make an adjustment or say anything like that would change, like, I would figure it out right. Like, oh, wow, that's probably the right way to do a front dive. He'd look at me and say, that's why they pay me the big bucks, Omar. <laughs> and now that I'm getting older, I'm realizing he was lying. That I don't was know what he was saying. <laughs> But, but I, I will say this because I want to talk about 
I want to talk about sessions for a second right here. And I'm going to say something non-self-deprecating about myself. A lot of times people will see a session that I've put together and, you know, they'll go like, well, that looks pretty simple. That doesn't look that complicated. It doesn't look my last goalkeeper coach at my last club. We were doing this and this and this and this and this. And I said, yeah, but what the game is simple. And like, you need to find it. What are the demands of the game? Like Nathan Thackeray always talks about from NC Courage, you know, and recognize based on those demands, put a session together that's going to work for that and, and, and build, from, build from that. You don't need to overcomplicate it. And one of the things, Ian, that I like about when I've seen some of your sessions, you know, online that have been out there is that, um, for lack of a better term, minimalist, you're making sure that everything makes sense before moving on. And it also is all game realistic, even when you're incorporating equipment. And, and I want to talk about this with the whole panel right here is like, I'll direct this first to Ian, though. Like, do a lot of goalkeeper coaches just kind of rely too much on the session to teach the goalkeepers? Like, like Omar was talking about goalkeeper trainer, right? I think it's, the, 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 there is a difference. And I think Omar's completely right. There's people that go out there and just put a session on. There's people that go out there and coach. There's people that hope to use the equipment to, 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 to teach. The game teaches the, the goalkeepers, but we've, we've got to help them to learn the game. So put them in positions where, for me, it's, <clears throat> there's, there's different scenarios that you can work through. So, for example, we, I work on unskilled, unconscious, and, and we come all the way down to, without even unskilled, un, un, sorry, unconscious skilled. So without even thinking about it, they do it. So, you know, there's a process to go through to get to that point and your sessions and your information and how you get them to learn is massively important within it all. For me, if you're using command all the time and you're telling them, right, this is what I want you to do, is that going to work? Are they going to switch off? I, I love asking questions. What, what do you think about that then? How, could, how can you make that better? How could that be better? If you had that again now, exactly the same thing, what would you do different? You know, just and that's you as a coach and your skill set getting across what you want from them or what might be better for them. At times, we're sales we're salespeople. You know, we're selling something. It might not be. You might get a bit of resistance. Well, I don't like that technique. Okay, we thought about trying this. Let's just give it a go and see how it feels. You know, you might not like it. That's that's okay. But again, they might go. That's all right. That brilliant. No problem. Okay, let's give it another go. Let's try it. Okay, and, and there's, then there's the buy-in. So sometimes it's not forcing something onto somebody. It's then how you sell it and how you put it across to them. But it's the detail within the session as well. You know, we, get, we, we, have, we have brilliant analysts working with us. They provide us with information about the teams we're going to play. So my sessions towards the latter end of the week will look similar or will, will sort of like build into account what we may face on the Sunday. So you might have a right-footed left winger who likes to cut in and, and cross in swing. So we'll work on that when we do when we focus on crossing. Be ready for this. This is what they might do. And the thing in, in the women's game, because of the squad numbers, you, you don't see much change in the personnel that play. There's, there's normally one or two changes. In the Premier League, you can see like seven or eight changes. In the in WSL, you might get one or two, perhaps three. So you the structure's pretty much similar. They might have a different different sort of strategy on the day but most teams you know what they're going to do within the game so you can sort of prepare for that and that then is what your session looks like and it's right be prepared for this this may happen 
this may be, may be something that comes up on Sunday. So you're painting the picture as to what might happen coming into the game. No, I, I think that's, that's a really good point. Um, I, I, I never thought about that fact in regards to when, and I didn't know that. I didn't know that in the, in the WSL that, that there was, it was a little bit more, um, less turnover. Uh, is that even, because you were talking about, you know, playing in Champions League and stuff like that. Like, would that, would that change things up for you guys, for instance? It could do, yes. It could do in terms of numbers. But again, it, it's, there's, a, there's a lot of strength in there. So it's knowing, we, we know a lot of teams, what, what, their, what their lineups look like. There might only be a two or three tweaks here and there. But again, at the start of next season, you know, we'll have to see who signed who. And, you know, to early on, you might get different changes and then they settle and then it settles down there. So it's your pre-information really into the games that you're coming into. But like I say, that can then go into what your session looks like. No, I, um, I, w- I want to talk about this right here. Um, I want to talk about kind of like, you know, what advice we kind of give. Because we've, we've been talking about, you know, a lot of the ways to, to make sure that these sessions are still game realistic, that you're minimalizing the equipment and you're use, using them for the right way. Um, I really want to make sure that anyone who's listening to this podcast, I think a, a young goalkeeper coach could listen to this podcast and, and have a good idea. So like maybe Saskia, like, do you have any like specific activities? Because you seem to be very well versed with, with how to use the hurdles properly. Um, <laughs> no, that you can recommend a young goalkeeper coach out, out there, you know, to just, to just make it simple. Like I said, I think it's just incorporate them into your, um, in, I use, I use, usually use them in my buildup. So in, in my warm up. So it's um, when I'm getting their feet going, footwork, footwork, like whether I'm doing shuffling in different directions, um, you know, facing laterally, like high steps and stuff. And then it's a turn and there'll be one hurdle. And it'll be like, oh, like a low, low hurdle, overset, volley, overset, um, you know, pass, volley shot, like pass shot. So it's like kind of moving, moving, moving over hurdle pass shot so it's just it's kind of like incorporating that into your into like like omar said into your dance into your dance steps um that's that's really the only way i ever use them honestly it really is it's just kind of getting that rhythm going and that fast switch muscle going and that's it Ian, what about, because uh, I, I know you guys do use rebounders, and obviously, you know, during this time period, you know, we did have the, the issue with... Um, I like rebounders. Um, with, uh, with the uh, so Sask- <laughs> Saskas pro, pro rebounder right there. I am, I am, and especially, in, I wish I could have given all my kids a rebounder, just in this situation. Like, half my kids don't have anything to kick off of, you know? So if I had something like a rebounder, it, it would be at least something, you know? But do you think uh do you think the rebounders can can simulate the service that another goalkeeper is going to give, or do you think for certain activities you need to have an actual server serving the ball? Are you asking me? I think your best thing is always to have an actual server. Oh. Serving I'm asking. I'm asking anybody. I'm, uh, I'm asking. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm asking best, any, anybody. No, first no. First of I, all, nothing can simulate the swing and the and the set and the timing of a person's body. Nothing. So, you know, that's what you want your goalkeeper to see at the end of the day, period. You want to see somebody step up to strike a ball. You want to see them get a hiccup in, touch a ball, then take a strike. That Nothing can simulate that, period. That is the number one thing, hands down. 
I mean, personally for me, and I don't know how everybody else here feels, but I, I like to use rebounders for activation. I'll use rebounders for the first activation before we move on in, in, into the next movement in the, you know, in, in, in the, in the play. Um, Ian, do you, anything you would want to add or anything sim- similar to that? I think, some, I think the rebounders are good, especially in sort of the times that we're in. I know yeah. R3 had them uh, early on and, and we're doing drills with them just to get that, keep the hand-eye coordination. Um, I think depending on, on what you're trying to get out of, of your session sometimes and depending on how many goalkeepers you've got, they, they can be of use to solve. We, we like to work hands, so we like to work the hands from different positions. So, for example, you might get a, a rebounder in front of you. You get the goalkeeper to throw the ball against the rebounder. They catch it here, and as it's caught here, you're then firing a low ball down to their left. So the hands are travelling from a higher position than what they would be. So it's just getting the speed of the hands going as well. So, again, like Saskia said, as an activation, as an early drill, it's good just to vary the height of where the hands are to then get them going lower. Jeremy, you know I mean? that's just a little example that I can think of. Mm-hmm. And using things like that just to go, well, as soon as your hands have gone there, you might have time to then drop you to, to then go, or you might just have to go straight from there. What does it look like? How did that feel? Right. So we need our hands here now in your normal, in your normal game. And it's just more activation and just playing with hand positions to get, get the sort of the, the sensor he's going with it. What about, what about deflectors though? Um, because I know they've become very, very, very popular. And I know I've seen them at the, the professional level. You know, a lot of, a lot of people are using deflectors um, because of the, the change, the change of direction. And that's so big in the, in the pro game, obviously a lot of shots come off deflections. Um, rarely is it a clean ball. I like, I, I love mannequins. So the, you know, you have the plastic mannequins that are just straight, but we have the air mannequins as well. And we, we try and fly them off those all the time. And, we have lots of fun with it, especially when the weather's wet, which it is quite a lot over here. <coughs> in terms of flying a ball onto it and, it and it changes direction and then the reaction saves and the hand movements from where they're going to and from. So I like them. I think I, there's a lot of them out there, especially like the handheld ones as well, where someone kicks the ball towards you and you can change direction. They're good in terms of second six-yard bottom saves. So sort of cutbacks and, and crosses, they're very good to use from there. Um, but again, if, if you can't get them, it's just sort of utilising what you've got. You know, I used to throw the ball up and punch it down as if it was a header, you know, because every time you punch it, you get a different contact, especially using different parts of your wrist. So, you know, it's being as creative as you can with what you've got. But I, I, deflectors are good. I like mannequins because putting bodies in the way, we use it as, um, we, we, used, we used two mannequins so we'll go, right, is that one a help or a hindrance? So is that helping you protect the goal or is it hindering your sight? If it's helping, what part of the goal now do you have to look after? If it's hindering your sight, what do you need to do next? Do you need to duck a little bit to see the ball? Do you need to move to see the ball? What's your process? What are you gonna, what are you thinking? So that's sort of two that when we put use a couple of mannequins, is it help or a hindrance? And it's game realistic because the ball moves Oh, there's one mannequin. As it moves again, it's now turned from a hindrance into a help. I see. I think that's that's something that I I didn't even think about is that movement changing up of using a handheld mannequin, because yeah, I mean, I, 
stationary. And that's one of the issues I've had. And I don't, you know, I, I know we've been going for about an hour now, so we'll start wrapping it up here. But one of the issues that, that I've had as a goalkeeper coach, and I don't know if Omar and Saskia can attest for the same thing too, is a lot of times I'll set up mannequins and because of the service, they've, they've completely changed the, the usage of those mannequins. I tend so to like, use players. Yeah. More than anything. Yeah. Like, especially when I have a crew of five or something like that, they're rotating. And so now I have live players that are mannequins. I'm like, you're live out there. You can, you can run around, do some stuff. Like you can, you can, you can tip the ball if you want, do what you gotta do, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll tweak that and everything, but I use as much as possible. I use real players. Omar, I saw you, you had the mannequins out there. So I'm, I'm sure uh, you're pro mannequin there. No, I am. And I think, I think um, just from any coach that I've spoken to, uh, they've pretty much said a lot, of, you know, a lot of what allows them to be adaptable to change the session up is obviously being extremely organized prior to it. So again, getting out there early, even sometimes, I think Jack Stern told me he's sometimes gone out there, set everything up, and you realize, ah, oh, you know what, let me veer a little bit this way because I, I feel like the way I drew it up didn't, didn't, it didn't come out the way I wanted it to. So I think for any young goalkeeper coach listening, understand when and why you're going to use the equipment and then once you do that be super super organized and like meticulous of how you draw things out so that once you get out to the field there are no surprises and if there are because you're so organized and so prepared you can adjust on the fly and I think um, for me I like to use the mannequins just so I can you know uh, Ian said just create a little bit of like a depth perception or like you know make them understand okay I touched the ball around here that was the defender that was on the top of the 18 took it around them now you'd have to advance yourself a little bit more to close down the angle versus just running straight at them with nothing and I touch the ball to my right there's not as big of an adjustment because they've seen the ball the entire way so so it's understanding all that and I definitely have made a lot of mistakes but I film all my sessions and when I rewatch them to show it to the kids I rewatch myself and I go ah, oh, man, that wasn't realistic enough, or maybe they weren't ready for this, and maybe I needed to use an, a rebounder in the activation. Um, so it's just, it, it goes both ways, and I think it's super important just to be just open to like seeing you yourself work, and then from there make the necessary adjustments. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to make this, this episode go, go any longer, but I, I do want to bring up the obstruction of view thing because I ran a session recently in regards to obstruction of view, and it, it is remarkable how many young goalkeepers, when their view is altered, cannot adjust cannot adjust. If they don't have full sight line of the ball, they don't know how to adjust. And I think that's something that we need to train more and more because as you guys know, Saskia, you know, at the highest of levels, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the ability or that gap for you to actually get a clean sight of the ball sometimes is very limited, right? Yeah. I think it's well, one thing I, in, I totally agree with Saskia. If you can get players involved, it's, it's even better. For me, the mannequins are great but the stationary, which is a little bit unrealistic. For me, I mean, my, my ideal world would be a mobile mannequin. <laughs> my, there it is, Ian's mobile mannequin. <laughs> Here's my next one, right? And Pat, this Pat pending right there, right? <laughs> Whether it does or not, I don't know, we'll have to see. But you know the automatic lawnmowers that you get now? <laughs> yeah, the, the, ro- the Roombas or whatever yeah, they're yeah. called. <laughs> Why don't you put a mannequin on one of those? Just <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh, I never thought of that. Uh, so, but I'm going to find a way of getting one on there. <laughs> this is my, th- I think outside the box all the time. I'm trying to find what can, is there, is there something I can do that's going to help that can mean it's more realistic? But is it clean in the field or is it getting in the way of the goalkeeper? <laughs> what is it? 
it's killed two birds with one stone. It could cross <laughs> as well. But I, I think to be more realistic to, to, to what we're doing. Um, you know, if you can, if you've not got access to players, how can you make it more realistic and attaching something to one of those so it's moving across the line of the goalkeeper? Even like your other goalkeepers, like you said, Saskia, we'll do drills where I'm I'm firing a ball down the down the middle of the mm. goal and I get the other two goalkeepers to cross Same. over. Yeah, so they'll, they'll cross over or you, you start studying the line of the ball and then they move out as I hit it. So it's just to disrupt that, absolutely. you know, absolutely. Line of vision, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I do that all the time. You know, it's really fascinating. Though, they kind of love that drill. And so I start nailing them in the hip and stuff because they don't get out of the way. <laughs> I think one thing... Uh, <laughs> One thing I've noticed is, uh, especially when, when you're working with the, the really young ones uh, in regards to when you're doing activities like this, is that how many young goalkeepers, they can't, they can't make runs. They literally don't understand how to make runs. So, <laughs> like, you basically have to, like, telegraph these runs for them. But then the goalkeeper starts figuring out the runs that they're going to make, and then they start anticipating, you know, or, or, or compensating in one way um so you know i think if you can use these robots i feel like they almost might even be a little bit more beneficial if you're working with the, um, the like younger ian ones bots. the ian bots yeah ian bots ian bots for like nine and ten year olds right but, like, he's like i did it ian bots. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy uh by the way ian i think you're gonna end up being a clip this weekend uh in, in social media <laughs> we're gonna have to definitely put this this out there um all right guys well we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping i'll keep working on the name for you (laughs) (laughs) well uh we'll start wrapping up because uh saskia is literally melting it's very very warm in uh in los angeles right now (laughs) and uh because i'm in the desert uh they just uh air conditioning is just a thing here it's just uh it's just a thing so maybe i'm gonna stay here a little bit longer um um that would be a good idea actually it's a nightmare here oh Oh well, that's uh, that's a f- well. Let, let's, I don't let's, feel bad for you. Just stop. Okay, okay. All right, we won't. We we'll, we'll stop on that one. Um, as my <laughs> as my stepmom is calling right now, asking by the way See? because the house cleaners house cleaners showed up while Turn I was turning the air conditioning down. You're wasting money. So literally, what happened is this morning, <laughs> this morning I wake I, I I hear these people in the house. It was really a joke. And then all of a sudden, there's a do- <laughs> the door swings open while I'm sleeping, and they're like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And apparently, they had uh, they'd had the house cleaners were going to come because they thought no one was here at this home uh, whatsoever because they thought everyone was supposed to have left this weekend. Everyone was supposed to go back to their their lives, and I stayed. And so the the house cleaners came, and it was an awkward moment. And I don't know where that story's going, but uh, I, I wanted to share it with everyone. I here. don't either. All right, Ian. Uh, thank you for taking all this time for stuff. Uh, <laughs> on the show here. If there's anybody out there that wants to know more about like what you guys are doing with Manchester United women um, or, you know, I think, you know, one of the great things is like when you've done these, these types of things and the webinars and all that is you're, you're giving back so much to the goalkeeping community. Uh, where's the best place for, for people to reach out to you? Uh, Twitter and Instagram is good. Uh, Ian Wilco GKC on, I think that's the same on Twitter and Instagram. I think it is. Um, but yeah, anyone, you know, please get in touch. Omar, you, you got in touch and, and asked some really good questions after the webinar we were on. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've had it from before. So I'm, I'm an open book. I'm more than happy to help people. So if anyone wants to get in touch, please, please feel free just to, to drop me a line. Is there anywhere where you can watch some of your activities online? Like do you have a, a library that you have currently going? 
very c- oh, close. He's got all those papers. No, we have sessions for that's obviously for, for, for Manchester United as well. So um, they, we, we, we won't show any of those. Um, but there's, there's, there's definitely one from when I worked at Barnsley on YouTube. Um, I worked with the first team at Barnsley. A clip on there. Um, is that the Spain? Is that the Spain trip? Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. Like Ian, I want a Man U women's t-shirt so I can wear it in Omar's face all the time. What, <laughs> <laughs> Omar, are you okay? Yeah, no, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> Do you guys have any American players, Ian, at Man U? Over here, we have, um, you have to have a license so to, to sign a non-EU players. Um, so, That's actually why I got my... my Dutch citizenship. citizenship. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you could play so, in Europe? So I could, but I, I'm retired before I did. <laughs> yeah, that's why I have my Dutch passport. They, they, quite a lot of people do that. They get dual passports, so they, it allows them to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, we have, we, you have to buy a license to, to, to then sign non-EU players. Um, so, uh, gotcha. Um, all right, guys. Well, you can reach uh, Saskia Weber at Saskia underscore I am melting Weber. And uh, I am all about the ebot. So yes, <laughs> the ebot.com. <E-bot. laughs> Obviously, Omar Zini at Pro GK Academy underscore uh, or at uh, biggest Arsenal supporter in the world. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's still upset? <laughs> remember, remember, guys, contact at inside the 18. That's the number 18 media.com if you have a guest suggestion or a topic suggestion. This episode came because of a topic suggestion uh, by a coach out there. I think it was Julian Mikolta. So if Julian, if you're listening, I believe this was, uh, this was your topic that you, you wanted to have uh, brought up. So see, if you reach out guys, we will, uh, we will make it happen. Absolutely. Kim Campbell. What's up? Oh, say hello, Kim Campbell at goalkeeper podcast <laughs> on all social media platforms. That's all the time on inside the 18 today, guys, we are out. Yeah. Yeah.